Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Chopcast in 2022. We are excited for you to be here. We hope that your holiday season was filled with love, joy, and some gaming. And wouldn't you know, we are assembling today to talk about video games. Specifically, we are kicking off the year with one of my favorite shows that we do here. Our most anticipated video games of 2022. Of course, we will be hitting a lot of the major titles that are slated to be releasing later this year. And let me tell you, because of the delays, there are going to be a lot of titles dropping. It's shaping up to be a legendary year in gaming. It's going to be interesting to look back on this year in December and in the later future. But I also love this show because we get to express our excitement for indie games as well, since we are all lovers of the indie scene in various capacities. Really, this show is a celebration and a way to hype ourselves up for what is surely to be an epic year. We will also be discussing some games that we have been playing, such as Halo Infinite, me finally playing and completing Breath of the Wild, Final Fantasy XIV, and Death Stranding, the director's cut. Last, instead of our usual polls this week, we have decided to... Hold on, let me redo that part. I was looking at the wrong line. <laughs> Last, instead of our usual polls this week, we decided to keep the theme of predicting the year to come by asking our patrons what they think will be a trend in gaming in 2022. So for example, Will blockchain technology become more accepted in Fuck gaming? No. Will devs continue to be held to the fire as the community at large expects better working conditions? Will AR and VR have a breakthrough year? And so on and so forth. Those are just some of the examples um, that I had written down. So let's kick the year off by introducing the crew of Sorechomp, my dear co-hosts, and my friends. First... I have the pleasure to introduce the person who is dubbed the editor of Swordchomp. He is a prolific writer and reviewer over at Swordchomp.com, and he also edits and formats articles from the rest of us. He also is the main host of Chomping at the Bits, a side podcast of Swordchomp, a co-host of Chomping After Dark, yet another podcast of ours, and he is the comic expert here. Please welcome to the show, Rich Meister. Rich, how you doing, buddy? I'm here. It's 2022 against all odds, some fucking how. It feels um, good, doesn't it? Bah. Sorry, that was for Josh's benefit. Um, <laughs> Definitely not mine, because I don't yeah. get it. <laughs> Trying to figure out what a deer says, since we're your we, deer we don't, uh, My backup was foo-foo-foo. Yeah, but, but deers do most of their talking in the forest, where, where no one can hear it. So where, Yeah, where no one can hear them scream. Yeah. Yeah, so philosophically, we could we could never know what, what yeah. they actually say. Yeah, it's mm. impossible for us to guess. Mm -hmm. Um, it has been a fucking twenty twenty one was a year that happened. Uh, January baby, clean slate. We're going in. I'm ready. Uh, played some games. We've been actually on the break. You know, we had a lot of stuff uh, up in the editorials. Uh, you got a review up for uh, Monster Rancher. I just got one up for Wolfstride. We got all those fun top ten lists. Stuff has been happening the past few weeks. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of editorials having gone up there. And uh, as you and I were talking about before the show, Spider-Man No Way Home is out. And it is... uh, I saw it last night without any spoilers. Don't worry. There will be zero spoilers here. Oh, and there's sure a lot. I've been three times. Three already. I can see that. It's a fantastic movie. It's worth seeing in the movie theater three times. But Mm. yeah, it's, it's a freaking great movie yeah. yeah gandalf was dead the whole time it was- it's unbelievable it's really unbelievable uh, unfortunately they never were able to take the hobbits to isengard mm-hmm. no and that uh that guy in the hairpiece that was bruce willis the whole movie mm. and it turned out he was dead all along yeah. and i gotta tell you guys i finally understand the ending those names were the people that worked on the movie <laughs> oh shit that's what that means I never knew that. Uh, yeah, well, Rich, I, I would love to Tracy banter Jordan with you longer. <laughs> it's a classic. <laughs> it's a classic. I Those would love to were... banter with you longer, but yeah. we have another person to introduce. Um, so thank you for being here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Next, we have the audio engineer here who cleans up our mistakes and flubs, and when he's feeling inspired, makes some damn funny audio bits from the episodes. Not only is he the tech guru, but he also handles some of the admin work at Storechomp. He also works on the site, and he is, too, a co-host of Chomping After Dark. He is known as the Indie Lord, the Indie Maestro, or the Indie Dominatrix. Any of them, he will answer to. Please welcome to the show, Joshua Fowler. Josh, how you doing this week, buddy? That's where the bullwhip sound effect goes. I am doing excellently warm. Um, I'm surprised you didn't say. I'm surprised you didn't say anything like, "Now get on your knees, bitch." I I had to leave room for for Rich to laugh there. Um, Oh God, sorry. (laughs) Um. I, I said I'm well? doing excellently. I'm I'm exhausted. I'm I'm really exhausted. Uh, I talked to you guys about getting my booster shot a while ago, and I've been having a hard time getting an appointment for that. And so that finally ended up happening uh, this week. And so I have been just kind of this didn't hit me anywhere near as hard as the the second shot. Um, yeah, but I've I've still just been so tired those, this week the shots aren't fun man yeah yeah the first one was yeah. fine but then after that my body was like oh no i know how to handle this and meanwhile i'm like you sure yeah i'm i i think maybe you could you know handle it a little better yeah <laughs> but uh yeah yeah so i mean like the week it, itself was 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 fun but I've i've just been exhausted for for half of it uh, understandable that. man i i can understand that yeah i mean i don't like i personally didn't feel like the shot was anywhere near as bad as actually getting COVID. oh yeah but, no no but the the shot still that when i got that first dose it sucked mm-hmm. and you know what i i prefer that i prefer that over having ever gotten COVID. to be honest with you and granted yeah. like I know we were talking about it a little bit before the show that um, Omicron 
is doesn't seem as um potent as delta even though it's more transmissible at this point but mm-hmm. yeah i i still wouldn't want to i just hope we it. stop all the decepticons exactly yeah well i mean i'm glad you're here josh i'm glad that we're going to be talking about games together because i dude i love this show i love when we get the <laughs> get hype for all the stuff that's going to come out and My we don't list have to is... watch like a three three plus hour award show or we don't have to watch a bunch of showcases to get hype i don't have to see but... imagine dragons <laughs> sale sale <laughs> uh, we're gonna get copyright stricken now i'm sorry i'm uh, not i don't, I don't think there's any problem with that one and Josh, I'm sorry you have to edit Rich's screech into his mic. That's why I backed up. I didn't look like it. Sam! <laughs> well, Josh, I'm glad you're here. Uh, fully vaxxed and boosted. Mm-hmm. You're going you're gonna to boost yourself right into the show. I Fucking can feel it. Booster gold over here. That's yep. right. And I am Shay Layton, the co-host of the Chompcast, Chomping After Dark. And the solo host of Evoking the Sublime, which is, you guessed it, another podcast under the Sword Chomp umbrella. When I'm not hosting, I'm writing articles and reviews for the site, editing audio for Chomping After Dark and Evoking the Sublime, running the Instagram, running the Patreon and the benefits, heading up the Discord, working on our merch over at Redbubble, writing scripts and intros for the podcast, and barely having time to get any actual video gaming in. That's me. That's me, guys. Video games. Video games, indeed. We have some awesome games to talk about this weekend. I get to talk about um, how wrong I was in the last episode we did and how right I am now. Hmm. Um, that's an allusion to some of the, one of the games that I played that we're going to be talking about later. <laughs> I get to talk about how um, the, the Thanos, perhaps I judge you too harshly meme now applies to Death Stranding <laughs> I, I, for me, for me, it's a breath of the wild, but more on that later. I really can't wait any longer, guys. So let's talk about the upcoming games for 2022. So here, how, here's how it's going to work. We will talk about the major titles that are assuredly going to be on everyone's radar this year. That includes us and you as the listener. Once we knock out the major ones, we will briefly mention one or two titles that we are personally excited for as a way to give us a chance to also talk about some indie titles or just not AAA titles, all the titles in between. For the big titles, we're going to go by release date instead of projected hype level. In years past, we go by projected hype levels. I've never really enjoyed that. So this year, I think we're just going to stick to um, the format of release date because then that also kind of it doubles as a reminder for you, the listener that essentially that's when these games are going to be coming out so yeah we're going to start with the first one of the first major games that are coming out later this month actually january 28th the world is going to be introduced to pokemon legends arceus on the switch now i remember when this game was announced i was really excited for it because it looked like an open world pokemon game and um there there it seems like there is going to be some level of open world probably more akin to the most recent 
wild zone in um in Pokemon Sword and Shield. I don't know how truly open world it's going to be, but it looks fantastic. I'm actually I've been trying to stave off my um hype level for this game. How do you guys feel about it? I I'm uh excited. Probably based off the information I've been able to garner and they haven't put out a lot. I think the the zone it's probably going to have like zones I assume that are made more comparable to like a Monster Hunter or something. Um mm, yeah. But I really like the things they're doing with the aesthetic, like how different it is in its approach because it does seem to have like the classic battling mechanics. But also your approach to catching monsters seems so different in that you can go like purely stealth based and sneak up on them. Um some of those regional variants look really awesome like that rock type growlith. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there there's there's a lot of cool like that fucking there's a, a scyther evo- a rock type scyther evolution that has like a top knot and like big axes for arms. Yeah, I mean oh, yeah. like come to think about it, I remember 10 years well not even that was 12 years ago now. Josh and I were talking about when Pokémon Black and White had come out. Maybe they're starting to run out of ideas for Pokémon. They had Trubbish and they had Chandelure and I love Chandelure, like unironically. I mean, I love Chandelure as well, but I think Litwick was, through yeah. Chandelure is amazing. Yeah, I and think, they had uh, yeah. the vanilla ice cream Pokemon, and then come to find out, all they needed to do is make some alternate variants of their already pre-existing Pokemon to really recharge themselves in a way, right? Which I I do think is a more novel idea that they started sort of relying on that idea of like, okay, we'll introduce. Not like a full hundred new Pokemon. Maybe there's like 30 or 40 new Pokemon. And then we'll do a handful of like, oh, in this part of the world, Vulpix is an ice type. And I think that's novel and yeah. plays on nostalgia in an interesting way. Well, yeah, not I've really that. liked I've really liked the oh, regional variants as just as a concept. It's it's even even if you don't like them as much as the original, it's still neat to see a different take on on mm-hmm. you know the different ones you know. Um and it helps to flesh out the world. Like, how would how would my favorite Pokemon adapt to this new area, um, and just make it feel unique without being completely foreign? Like, still having something to latch on to to you know to make it feel like this is how there's a change instead of it just being completely all new. different animals yeah. in this part of the world. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think I think it's def- there's something more interesting about it to me. Yeah, yeah. Right. And a game that's been kind of putting one foot in one foot out and that's not a negative thing obviously there's a because it appeals to children largely there's only so much that they can do with this but there's some level of science in in this game you know yeah i've talked about it in the past in previous episodes how science is kind of linked to these games so it makes sense that from an evolutionary and a biology perspective that there would be variants of these other Pokemon, because you can look at something mm-hmm. like the most classic example, Darwin's finches that evolved on the Galapagos islands because they flew there and then they just evolved beyond their ancestors. Or you look at other endemic species yeah, and how they have these crazy evolutionary characteristics and adaptations that you don't see anywhere else in the animal kingdom. Yeah, like and, what? Yeah, what about th- th- this that region? Tracks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what about this region? Yeah, like, is going to cause it, Pikachu to become a detective become, be, yeah, or psychic? <laughs> um, 
<laughs> to this day, by the way, I'm still mad, and I feel like it could happen any game now that this... I really want there to be a ground-type polywag. Yeah, that needs <laughs> to happen. But, I mean, in, in terms of Pokemon Legends Arceus, it has a lot of potential. Obviously, we've been seeing a lot of Pokemon stuff um, ever since Sword and Shield. They really have been cashing in on the popularity of Pokemon even more so, it seems, in the past few years. Mm-hmm. So I, I wasn't really that hyped for the uh, remakes of Diamond and Pearl, to be honest with you guys. But I played them. I don't know if I ever brought it up on the podcast because we were in no, the thro- you didn't. throes I didn't of, know that. We were in the throes of a million different things. Um, while that was happening, more than likely, um, I th- they're they're fine. I think I ended up briefly talking to Josh about how, like, actually having it in hand. I think I actually like that art more than Sword and Shield. Mm. Yeah, well, hmm. I think I think they tried to make it look very much, you know, the same camera angles and stuff as the original, uh, and I think that did the art style favors. Um, I yeah, I agree. Whereas. The few places where it chugged in Sword and Shield were where they were a little over ambitious. Sure. So yeah, it just it it worked flawlessly in in that where where they were just trying to do less with it. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah. I um there's some really cool things that seem to be happening in this game though, where the you are just running to poke running into Pokemon in the wild and you have to try it and <clears throat> Excuse me. Hold on just a second. <laughs> Sorry. That you um you have to catch them in real time and I think there there're going to be some fun and interesting things about that and there're going to be some frustrating things that it's real time is going to feel more like what we always imagined Pokémon would be. However, um obviously I, one of the things I think about is if you see a shiny and it's a bird Pokemon, and it flies away, or it's a shiny, and it's a fish, and it swims under the water, and you can never get it. Like, that stuff's going to be frustrating, I think, for some people. And also, I don't know if you guys saw it. It's a video that dropped earlier today. Um, they, they have dropped a new trailer for it, and it looks like there are some Pokemon that go into this, like, almost enraged evil mode where their eyes just go pure red and attack you as the trainer. Yeah. So... It looks like there are some added elements to this some game ideas here, yeah. that mm-hmm. are really going to make it stand out from the predecessors and yeah, really kind of ones that have gone hollow. <laughs> Absolutely. And really be its own thing. Also, I think the setting, which we didn't really talk much about, is pretty unique because it takes place in like basically like a feudal era. Like it is, it's about the creation of the first Pokedex. Um,. And even if you look at the designs of, like, the, the Pokeballs and stuff, like, there's stuff in Pokemon lore where they talk about how Pokeballs are designed out of this, like, fruit they made the earliest ones out of, or, like, a, a nut of some kind or something like that. And you can see that these ones are actually, like, very makeshift, and there's, like, wooden elements and latches to them. Uh, but, like, it's a, it's a an era of the Pokemon world that you've never seen before, at least not in any mainline media like this. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's still taking place in Sinnoh, which is where Diamond and Pearl take place, but yes, it's um under a different name. It's like the he's I can't remember what they actually call it, but it's the Hisui region. Okay, yeah. But it's like it's like a feudal era Sinnoh region. Yes. Yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of see 
how it shapes up. I'm really excited for this game. I didn't realize it was releasing at the end of this month. So that'll be our first releasing when this podcast is over. Yep. (laughs) Maybe we'll see. But um, yeah, let's move on to the next game. The next game. And I just wanted to briefly mention this one. Dying Light to Stay Human. That's going to be dropping February 4th on the PS5, the Xbox Series, X and S, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. So it's dropping on everything. And I, you know, the reason why I wanted to mention this game is A, I love zombies, and B, the trailer actually looked really good when they announced it last year. I I, I don't know how you guys felt about it. Probably you guys were like, oh, another zombie game, okay. But I was... I was pretty hyped, and this game was actually supposed to drop on December 7th. It had gotten delayed, and so, yeah, we were getting I it I think it got delayed year. multiple times. It did, yeah. Um, that is true. Dying, that Dying is Light's true. cool. I think all the delays, like, sucked any, any of the wind out of my sails, and now, like, I'll make time for it if I can. Mm. Uh, I, I have no doubt it's going to be good. It just It was one of those things where, like, mentally I've put it to the wayside because it's been so out of the, the 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 consciousness of like hype for me yeah and i can understand that that's completely fair uh, i didn't really get to play the first one i bought it years ago and i just never made it around to it so i i'm excited for this game i love the fact that i and again since i didn't play the first one that there are a lot of parkour elements in it and one of the things that they're touting about this game is that it has over 3000 parkour animations which is Kind of interesting, I guess. Which, when you hear it, that, it makes you go, wow, is that a lot? It's like, huh, so there are five parkour animations. I, well, parkour is hard, guys. <laughs> no, 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 like, like, <laughs> no, to, I don't to get that... to that point, it's gotta be, they're, they're counting the way they procedurally chain together to get to that oh, number. I, which, I don't even care like, about that. It's just a weird benchmark to me. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know, is that a lot? <laughs> That's like, fair. I think That's it's fair. fine, but yeah, like it's just one of those things where like getting around in that first game feels great. Yeah. Like it is the thing to be excited about. Like I get that. Getting moving the way you move to the environment in that first game is the thing that's really cool about it. Well, that's what's going to be cool about this game because it's taking place 20 years later in Europe and it is supposed to be four times as big as the first game, which is pretty cool. Um so there'll be a lot more opportunity to move around. And like the first game, it will have four-player cooperative multiplayer. You know, if I were good. ever to make a game and then a sequel of that game, and then at any point was talking about how much bigger the game world was in the next game, I would completely troll everyone and release a sequel that's the first game, but I've sized the character model to be one quarter of the size. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That would be amazing. That that's smart. I just like because, that. just just because, just because, exactly. We can't keep I, letting I took him get my away with this. From exactly. That Mario level. I am so disappointed that no one's done this so far. Tiny Big Island is amazing, and I won't mm-hmm. hear anything else about it. <laughs> I well, I'm not talking shit. I'm I was being sincere. That I love that that part in uh, Super Mario 64. Mm-hmm. It's good shit. But yeah, I mean. I, I've I've waned a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit on zombies recently. It took me much longer than the rest of the world. Um, Days Gone was the last major zombie game I played, and I love that game. 
and that game was so long that I kind I I think too long after playing that game for as many hours as I did I kind of zombied myself out mm. but I'm still I'm still interested it's just like the plot I guess of Dying Light 2 has me 0% interested where it's like you talk with other factions and you shape the world and it's like okay how many times am I going to do that at least 30 more in the next 20 years right the the thing that has me the most hype is the cooperative multiplayer I think because you can never get enough of that and for some reason Halo Infinite is not having mm-hmm. that I guess so um not the not meaning for Halo to catch any strays but you know it happens we'll take care of that later yeah we will so Dying Light 2 stay human um February 4th Horizon Forbidden West is the next game that was also delayed that is going to be coming out February 18th now. And it's going to be releasing for just the PS5 and the PS4. And um, as the name says, it is taking place on the west side, specifically the west coast of the post-apocalyptic U.S. And um, specifically, it's going to be taking place, um, as I'm reading here really quickly, Utah, California, and Nevada. Nevada. Nevada, depending on where you're from when you say that word. Depending on how annoying you are. Mm-hmm. That is also true. Um, again, as I'm reading here, the map will be larger, filled with secrets that lie beneath the ruins from the world of the old ones. I think that's one of the things that I'm most excited for, actually, in the game, that I loved in the first one that I felt like wasn't explored enough, is kind of like the ancient technology and influence of 2004 you hear this guy thinks he's too good for colorado and and just (laughs) the uh kind of like how that how that shaped the world and you learned some parts of that obviously from the first game and you learned how the about the downfall of that that civilization but i would love to kind of see more in into that because obviously you learn kind of about the world at large and you learn how Aloy is navigating the current post-apocalyptic world. Um, But I would love to see more on the ancient technology and I would love to also see more development from Aloy's character. See, I uh, actually, I'm very excited for this game as well, but I actually, I'm falling in a different camp than you, I think. Uh, I feel like the first game perfectly addressed all of the like post fall of the world stuff in a ways that I think looking into it much more is going to just start to have inconsistencies and ruin it. Um, I'm just interested in seeing more cool robot animals and fighting them. That's kind of where I'm at with yeah. Horizon 2. Yeah, I think that was the strength of the first game was just the combat of fighting those robot I- enemies that you can tear apart anywhere is so so good i think the first that first game story is really good i just think you kind of already answered every interesting question Mm. and i feel like poking more into it is opening you up to inconsistencies and setting yourself up for failure (laughs) like there is such a thing as over explaining no you're right you're right but i would also i think it'd be kind of cool if they if she ended up coming across like one or two people from the ancient civilization that had technology that allowed for long life and there could be some kind of dynamic there that would be kind of cool there's a lot they can do with that 
uh, what, yeah. what I'd be more interested in personally is more of the, and, and this is, I think, some of the strong suits of the first game is like those different sort of civilizations and how they flourished in the current world. Um, and I, I'd be interested in seeing how different that is on like other sides of the continental United States, like other mm. tribes and like that very almost like, you know, medieval, like almost, almost Roman empire esque faction, uh, from the first game. Like I'd love to see more of, I'm more interested at this point in different factions in that world in current day and how adapting some of that technology has changed them. Like in the first game, you know, we had our protagonists like group that just shunned the tech. And then, you know, you had the other factions that sort of embraced it. And I'd like to see them do more with that and see, like, you know, maybe there's a way more technologically advanced society on the western side of the United States because they fully embraced that old tech. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, you'd think there's, there's... Yeah, you'd find a pocket of someone who actually knew how the factory ran that didn't yeah. all die. And, and so did something interesting. You were able to move forward from there because they, you know... Everybody from a city basically is not going to know how the factory runs, but uh, yeah, yeah, you might find these outposts of places where you know someone who understands how all of this works can continue to teach everyone moving putting forward. it to work for the people that were yeah. alive now. Yeah, yeah, that'd be really cool. Absolutely. Yeah, I yeah, I'm just excited, like you guys said, also to see more machines see some of the new machines that they've come up with that Fucking are elephants and shit uh sharks i believe there's a shark one coming there's a lot more aquatic life in this one from the look of it what'll be which will be cool i mean because they're adding some aquatic aspect to the game i imagine that's going to have a heavy play into the plot in some way shape or form I mean, the Even first one had some stuff. It had, like, those alligators and, and stuff. But as you're mm-hmm. kind of approaching the coast here, it looks like they're diving into more of that. And I think there's a lot of territory to... Uh... Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. like, Stop. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, the one thing I will say is I thought the first game ended so perfectly. Agreed. Agreed. I, I, I didn't... I would love to see more, but also at the same time, I don't really feel like it's necessary. So I, of course, one part of me is really excited. The other part of me is kind of, don't ruin it. <laughs> yeah. I, I was with you there. I think, I think that game has the perfect ending up until like the point where they, you know, do their name of end of a game thing where it's like, Oh, but this thing, there's more. It's like, you didn't need to, that wrapped up real nicely. You guys, <laughs> I, I completely forgot about that. To be honest with you, I just, my, I remember it being one of my favorite video gaming endings ever where Aloy kind of figures out the information she needs to figure out and she's just walking in that field and thinking and talking about her mother and everything like that. That game just, is great. It's, it's phenomenal. It really is. Yeah. Well, you, you sound like it with you yawning oh, oh, and shit. I'm sorry. It's, it's been a very long <laughs> fucking day. I had to wake up early and shovel snow so I can go to work. Oh. Uh-huh. Not my Sounds problem. like we should destroy capitalism. I agree. All right. So Elden Ring is the next game coming out. It is coming out on the PS5, Xbox Series X and sure S, it is. PS4, Xbox One, PC, and it drops February 25th. Um, I'm sure everybody knows that, though, because this is, I think, one of the most anticipated games this year, in fact. 
Um, I was pretty hyped about it until I realized it's, and granted, I know it's a From Software game, that it was going to be more of a um, Dark Souls-style game. Not that it ever wasn't going to be, but I think when it was very first announced, I thought it was going to be more in the vein of something like a Skyrim. But no, well, it, it is. is uh, it's the Dark Sky, Sky, Skyrim Souls. It's open world Souls. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I like. I can see. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. I, I'm kind of hyped for it. I mean, I'm probably not as hyped as all of the Dark Souls fanboys, and that's fine. But I think it's cool that it is being made in collaboration with George R. R. Martin as he continues to, um, not print make books. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As he continues to shirk that responsibility. It's, but yeah, it's been funny. All the every time someone asks him about it, he keeps on acting like he's had next to nothing to do with it and is very surprised that it's even coming out. Um, which sounds very on brand for him. Um, yeah. George yeah, R. R. Martin startled to discover he's still alive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. But um, this is taking place in a fantasy world. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff and fantasy, high fantasy happening. People are dying. There are gods and queens and ruins and horses. Um, all that good stuff. Sounds in, like it does sound interesting. I just I don't want to get too lost in the weeds on some of that stuff as we have a lot of games to talk about. But um, there there will be elements akin to something like a Bloodborne or Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. And um, there there's going to be a lot of gameplay focused on the combat as well as exploration. So. That's what, you know, as Rich was saying, that there's going to be some level of open world aspect to it because they are also focusing on that exploration. How hyped are you guys for this game? Relatively. Um, I mean, I don't let myself get too out of control for these things. I like Souls games. I'll more than likely end up playing this at launch. Yeah, I mean, like, I already I already pre-ordered the thing because it's a Souls game essentially more or less it's a souls game that they it's a souls game i mean um everything they've shown from it it looks like they've learned a lot of the right lessons from their other series uh i like i I like some of like the combat stuff they've done with giving you more flexibility with picking special abilities to use and stuff um so it's it's less about just picking the one weapon you like and and going with it sort of a thing, which is kind of what all the other Souls games boil down to. Right. Um, which I like. Mm-hmm. I... Open world really doesn't fit that gameplay at all, though, because... You have a horse now, though. It's fine. Well, you have a horse, but... I'll go. Everything's everything's super lethal in Souls games, and that doesn't work for trying to go a very far distance and just wanting to get there. Um, from what I've seen, it seems like making save points is or not making, but like finding save points is easier in those areas. Like, I don't see how it works. 
I like just on a conceptual level, I do not see how it works unless it's basically just a hub and spoke thing. And they're I, vastly yeah. overstating what the open world part of it is. And I'm fine with that if that is what they're actually doing, because if it's too open, I don't see how you make the intricately designed levels that they're known for. Like their well, their levels are ridiculously tight and frankly I see them I see going into a dungeon or a castle somewhere as what's gonna end up being the high point of it. Well well and one thing I was I'm hoping they prove me wrong. Is, one thing I will say there is maybe they'll look to something more like um Shadows of the Colossus where mm-hmm. is not quite obviously a direct comparison there, but where you go into these various areas and it's largely this enemy's area. Maybe you find yeah. some smaller enemies, kind of like Sekiro, um, or any of the games where you, you're fighting some of these smaller enemies and then it's definitively their area. Maybe it's going to be sectioned off in that way. I, yeah. I think that is the case based off, a lot of people got to play that early access uh, you yeah. know, sort of test. And I've talked to a few people who had, and my understanding is the world is fairly simple to navigate, and then there's a lot of stuff like what Shay's describing. Like, uh, people described at one point, there's like this huge monster pulling like this carriage through like an area of the map, and it becomes sort of like, a, I'm gonna go try and fucking fight that thing. And there's like a, a good yeah. number of those bosses where it's like, you don't necessarily have to kill this thing, but like, I'm gonna sure as shit gonna fucking try. <laughs> yeah. And that makes sense thematically. That, frankly, that's something that I think a lot of open world games do. Just poor as shit, frankly, is a matter of f- making the scale feel correct. And we're just talking about Horizon Zero Dawn, and the scale of that first one is like three states, but the map is like maybe five miles across sure. as far as like actual size of it. Yeah. Whereas Shadow of the Colossus feels like a real place. You find something in a specific spot. It makes sense for the scale of the place. And I don't know. Like, I, empty space is something that I think a lot of games are terrified of. Um, it can be used true. correctly. And I, I really like it when a game allows an area to just not have much of anything going on. Um, I think it's hard to compare it to things like Shadow of the Colossus, though, because Empty Space works really well for Shadow of the Colossus because a big part of that game is, like, the downtime between these battles of mm-hmm. you sort of, like, decompressing and taking in the world and dealing with the weight of what you're doing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I... It'll be interesting to see what, what it ends up actually being in the game and... Like you, like you guys have said, there are a lot of people who have played it, and there, there have already been some videos on it on YouTube. So on Pornhub, uh, on RedTube, RedTube's always my favorite one to reference. Just, just because the name itself sounds, it sounds horrible. Wrong. Yeah, it sounds yeah. horrible. Yeah, and it's like so. I had to go to the doctor last week for RedTube. Doc, I, I got a problem. I got a RedTube. Mm-hmm. Those McCarthyists pulled me into a back room to ask me why I was browsing something called RedTube. Mm. Um, sir, you know what you did? Uh, no, I, I, I couldn't possibly know. Uh, Are you a commie, son? You and Lucille Ball? <laughs> uh, next game. <laughs> next game we're going to talk about is 
Um, probably one of the worst named games this year. Triangle Strategy. Coming out March 4th on the Switch. That is a horrible name. Um, I hope they keep it. No, that, that, that is what they... They are keeping it. They've already said that that's going to oh. be the name of the game going forward. Yeah, I don't listen when people with dumb name, game names talk, so that's mm-hmm. probably why I didn't hear about it. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, it's coming out. Uh, that demo was freaking amazing. I absolutely love that demo. Um, I think it's still live. I think you can still play the demo. I could be yeah, wrong on I, that. I believe I'm, you can. I'm pretty sure. they've they've. In all the other cases, they've left the demos up because they kind of had unique stuff in them mm. that you could then transfer over. I don't know if they've said anything about this transferring over, but maybe. I don't think they yeah. have. I don't think this is. I, th- I don't think this is a unique instance. I think they did say this is from a cut from a section. Of the okay. Game. Okay. All right. So maybe yeah. not, but I'm, I'm assuming they'll leave it up. Um, regardless. Yeah, I, I, it would behoove them to leave the demo at le- up at least until the game releases. But yeah, as you can infer from the name, it is a turn-based tactical role-playing with style game. Um, Sim- similar to something like a Fire Emblem or a Final Fantasy Tactics, which I really, really got Final Fantasy Tactics vibes from playing that demo, especially when they're yeah, kind of doing so. the uh, like corner slightly over the head, more like over the shoulder and above a little bit kind of shot. That that's not isometric the way that this one was. It's an isometric game. Oh, it is an isometric. Okay, I always get confused on as, as such. No one actually does isometric anymore because it's. That's, it's a term it's, used loosely now. Well, that's it's. It used to be an easier way to do a graphical style, and now with most engines, it's a harder way to do a graphical style. So most people don't, and they just stick the camera way the fuck back, and have it zoomed way in, um, so it looks close enough to it. Um, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but it, it kind of has that same a similar camera angle to something like Final Fantasy Tactics, and it has an inspired art style akin to that if you played octopath traveler um same developers so you are going to um if you enjoy that art style you will love this art style it's in that same vein very gorgeous art style very charming the uh, the characters look like something similar to a final fantasy just more modern final fantasy tactics just more modernized um, the combat and the turn-based um, strategy and everything, that aspect of the demo was really, really good. I was talking about this privately, and we've talked about it in the past, so we don't need to go to, into it in too much detail. The plot that they showed off in the demo was very dense and verbose. And granted, you're being thrown into the middle of it, but I was not super excited, to be honest with you, for the, the plot coming out of that demo just because of how dense it was. But I that's never really the reason why I play tactics games anyways. So I'm not super concerned with it, personally. How do you Fair guys enough. feel about this game as a whole, I guess? Um, I Final Fantasy Tactics is probably on like my short list of some one of my favorite games of all time. Uh I just I fucking love games like this and after playing that demo it it's got the right feel i think i'm probably more hesitant than i would have been just because i didn't enjoy octopath traveler all that much i thought it was more of a novel concept than a, a well-executed video game yeah uh but i'm still excited 
Yeah, like my hopes. Again, the demo did not feel different enough, I think. But the combat is kind of what stuck out in all their games recently. Um, the Bravely Default combat system is excellent. Octopack Traveler is fine. Like, it does some really cool things with the combat, but then not enough new things to get you through the story because the story is fairly long and it runs out of, you know, you get the combat long before they run out of story, at least in in my opinion. You know, whether or not you want to sit there and continue to just, you know, grind it out, that's going to be more of a personal thing. Um, Sure. how solid the combat is, is kind of what makes a tactics game live or die. Um, and I know they are good at making solid turn-based combat systems at this point. Um, I'm mildly, mildly anticipating this one is kind of where I'm at as, as far as that goes, because from the demo, I don't feel like it's, super unique. I don't feel like I'm getting something completely out of the blue here, but it still felt mechanically solid. Um yeah. It's uh what would I say? I I always mix re- referential, yeah. It's referential to something like Final Fantasy Tactics, but mm-hmm. I could I could agree with you that it doesn't necessarily really just from the demo set itself too far apart. There are some mechanics that I felt like were really cool in in the combat itself, but when I think about when I think about something that is revolutionary for the genre, I still I think about a game that came out was almost 5 years ago now into the breach um having its rewind ability in combat and things like that. I think about those when I think about this genre, those style of progressing the genre forward. And I guess from what we've seen so far, there isn't necessarily any of that, but it's a very good inspired version of something that's already come along. But I'm okay. There's a place for that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with that. And I'm excited. I, I will, I will play this game when it comes out. It's probably one of the games I'm most looking forward to that we're going to be talking about today for sure sure so yeah yeah um i had to include this one on the list i know you guys are probably gonna laugh uh chocobo gp is a game that (laughs) is going to be dropping on march 10th on the switch um the the original chocobo racing i think was kind of a niche game it was popular at the time obviously it never reached the heights of something like mario kart but it was a it was a really fun game that came out for the PS1 and to my surprise and I'm sure to your guys' surprise less being less surprised than me that Chocobo GP is a sequel coming out in 2022 to Chocobo Racing which released in 1999 so i imagine this game is going to be fairly big to be honest with you just because it's final fantasy and I know that Chocobo Racing they was so fairly... They thought so during the PlayStation 1 era, too. Yeah, that's true. And um, it was fairly popular in Japan. 
So I imagine that this game is gonna see um a lot of people being pretty excited for it, to be honest with you. I don't know as much in the Western um countries, but I'm I'm pretty excited for it. I really loved Chocobo Racing back in the day. It's a game that I really I really uh looked forward to. I rented yeah. it and borrowed it from a friend a few times. It I think I think the main draw there for me was trying to beat it enough times to unlock Squall and Cloud as playable racer characters, mm-hmm. which you could do. She had to beat the game multiple times. It's a fun game. It was, according to my memory. I don't know if it holds up, but I'm excited to see what they do with uh, Chocobo Racing, or Chocobo GP, I should say, in 2022. Yeah. How do- I don't know how you guys feel about it. How do you guys feel about it? To my knowledge, it's the only kart racer where you can race as Albert's Diner. And so because of this, I will play it. Who? I have. Exactly. Steiner from Final Fantasy IX? Yeah. Not Albrecht? I'm, maybe there's a, a... You might be right. I'm pretty sure there's a... I don't know. I can't remember. It might... Air. I feel like it's Albert. It might be Albert. Albert sounds more right. Albert Steiner. Point stands that you're excited. Landscape because photographer. Steiner's in it. He. Uh, it's really hard to fuck up a cart racer at this point. I'm sure it'll be fine. That's fair. Josh, you feel probably Adelbert. We're both wrong. It's Adelbert. That's yeah. That's not a name. Yeah. I knew it wasn't Albert, yeah. but I was thinking Albrecht because that's an actual name. But no, they just made up one. It's Adelbert. They just, <laughs> it was a typo that someone left it. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the butts yeah, but- of, uh, of Final Fantasy IX. Amazing. Yeah. So, Josh, how do you feel about this game? Do you have, feel any sort of way, or is it just it is what it is? I mean, <sighs> the, the only real feeling it gives me is I'm kind of surprised they didn't make for this for mobile four years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's totally fair. That's true, actually. Um, it seems like that's the platform for it. Um, I am curious how they're going to make this into a full console experience, because it doesn't seem like... I mean, not that it can't be done. Like... By the time all the DLC and everything got finished with Mario Kart 8, it's a, like, you can still make a a kart racer this day and age that is worth that sort of money, but it's, it's a tough, it's a tough sell at this point, I think. Yeah, I could see it being a $30 game if there's not a lot of content in there. Yeah, yeah. They have a rich history to mine from. There could be a lot of content in there yeah no there very well could be but it's just it doesn't i don't know i don't know i square goes back and forth as far as whether their rainbow road is the live stream like whether they're just absolutely over delivering or like it seems like a lot of their new stuff is is really cool they're doing way more than they need to and then all of a sudden they'll just do the bare minimum just dog shit ports of old stuff cash grabby type stuff and it's it's kind of jarring especially now that we know they're getting into 
I was going to say, know, but don't worry. NFTs pyramid schemes as a monetization strategy? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. I don't know where this is going to end up on that spectrum. Um, and personally, I don't have high hopes, but we'll, we'll see what it turns out to be. He's got high hopes. You just got to you got to keep a positive, um, hopeful attitude that it's going to be awesome. Yeah, that's that's no. all I can say is that <laughs> I think that this game, they're bringing it back. Because the the original came out in '99, so they're bringing it back 22 years later. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that they have enough content at this point to. I'm pretty sure one of these came out for the Wii. Maybe, Did maybe it? this is all I'm saying is this is a direct sequel to the original. So I would hope that they have enough content there to make it worth us playing. But I'm excited. Nevertheless, so uh, speaking of Final Fantasy, shortly after Chocobo GP comes out, you'll have a week with that before Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin releases on March 18th for the PS5, Xbox Series X, X and S, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Now, um, this game is being slated as not a remake of the first Final Fantasy, but it's a new storyline that used the original as an inspiration. So I I know that uh, there were some people that were, a fair amount of people that were not super high on that demo. Everything I I see for it makes it look incredibly dumb. Uh, Not not the demo, the, the trailer, I think. I don't know if we really got a chance to talk about this. That demo is actually really good. Um... The I don't think that trailer does it justice. Like I don't know how novel it's going to continue to be, but um, it takes kind of like a Souls-like formula and then uses uh, Final Fantasy's job system in an interesting way. So you can with a button press like change jobs mid combat, and it like changes your loadout and it kind of changes the way you can fight and move and like counter attacks. Um, there's definitely something interesting there. I think every bit of writing around it is some of the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. I don't like know. laughably bad. <laughs> Final Fantasy yeah. One, like it's neat. They like the, it's an interesting ish world, but it's it's very it's bare a very, bones. It's a very bare bones like D and D ass world. Yeah, and it seems um, strange to take that as inspiration for something at this point. Like they're just using chaos as a character is kind of what it harps back to like, you don't need to know shit about final fantasy one to get invested into this. The the main thing to me is like, it's a souls game that uses the final fantasy job system in an interesting way. Like, and that's, there's something novel there, I think. Yeah. Hmm. I have zero excitement for this game, to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm, very loosely interested and only because I took the time to play that demo and actually found it fun to play. Well, Prior to that, I had no, I was like, this looks dumb as fuck and it probably will be dumb as fuck, but maybe it could be dumb as fuck in a funny way. I mean, in all sincerity, I'm glad there's one person here who has interest in this. Cause I'm, I'm sure that there are other people who are actually interested in this to kind of want to see what it is and whatnot. And we'll want to hear, someone else's thoughts on it but yeah i i saw that and 
the trailer just looks so bad, and I had zero interest in. It's a really bad it trailer. It's so trailer. so generic that it is like it's painfully generic. Um, yeah, and I don't want to. Yeah, I, I feel bad for being negative on it. It just it did not appeal to me at all. Um, so yeah, Rich, I'm glad that you played the demo and you're a little bit more open minded to it than I think Josh and I am. If I didn't, if I didn't find something fun, if I didn't find something to enjoy in that demo, I would sit here and tell you that it's not worth a damn. But like, yeah, some that there's something to the gameplay, and that's the the best thing I can say about this thing. Okay, and that's something that, yeah, there's something to be said for that. Um, because these games tend to be fairly long affairs, and if the gameplay is not solid, that's you're going to be bored. And it's not just another Souls-like thing, but with f- the Final Fantasy name slapped on it. Like, it takes the ideas of Final Fantasy and uses them in ways to change yeah. the g- general formula of that, cool. uh, of that genre, and I think that's cool. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. We'll have to see what happens on that when it drops. Hopefully, as we get closer to it, we will see some... It's worth keeping we'll see an eye some on. reviews on it, maybe letting us know more what it's about. So, what do you mean it's about chaos? <laughs> you got me there. You uh... got me there, Rich. All right. Next, we are going to talk about a game that I'm not sure anybody's super excited for, but I'm interested in is Tiny Tina's Wonderlands coming out on March 25th. For the PS5, Xbox Series X and S, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. So that is uh, the most recent installment uh, by Gearbox in the Borderlands universe, where this one is a first-person action role-playing game where you play in Tiny Tina's DM-created world. So it's going to have the same humor and um, art style Bad humor. As, Check. as Borderlands with a more fantasy style role taken into it. So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. I, you know, to be honest with you, the humor didn't really sell me on it or anything like that. But I will say that the fantasy style definitely appeals to me. It always appeals to me. Yeah. So. Um, I, am, I would rather eat broken glass than play this game. I mean, yeah, I I don't know the likelihood. It's a good way I to will... make money in a stage in a sideshow. I asked Randy Pitchford; he'd know. Uh-huh. I I don't know how likely I am to pay any money for this game because of <laughs> Randy Pitchford and and his magic know. shows. But if uh, they somehow rectify the situation over the next few months of Randy Pitchford being a piece of shit human, then maybe I will, you know, actually give this game the old college try. But I I will say this. The fantasy setting looks very interesting. It's better than, I think, what Borderlands, all three games have done. I think the fantasy setting is interesting. And I do think, even though their humor style is not my favorite choice, having that kind of humor in a fantasy setting I could see being appealing and endearing just because for the most part in those kind of settings like high fantasy, it's taken very seriously. 
largely. So I think I that's, mean, that's, I don't think it will be here. Uh, I, I think that the, the problem being, and I've said this about Borderlands before, I like Borderlands one plenty. Um, and I kind of liked Borderlands 2, and I walked away going from Borderlands 2 going, wow, that Tiny Tina shit was the worst part. And then Borderlands 3 was like, it's all Tiny Tina shit. And then they made a game that was like, it's the Tiny Tina game. And I'm like, oh, it's everything that sucks about this? Great. Hmm. Yeah, I, hmm. I really liked my time with Borderlands 3. It wasn't an amazing game, but I, I had my fun with it, to be honest with you. Maybe that's why I'm more open-minded to it. And that's before all the stuff yeah. about Randy Pitchford came out that I had bought that game and played it. Sure. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how people feel about this game. It looks like a lot of people are interested in it. So I, 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 I stay hesitant, and I also stay away just because of Randy Pitchford and kind of some of the other stuff around that, but I stay open-minded about it, I guess. The game, for sure. not Randy Pitchford. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a... there, there are already South Park RPGs if you needed to get your fix for this. Um, and, and, at least and, I can and if you're a real that. fiend and just need to get your fix some other way, there are still the Penny Arcade RPGs. And, and then now there's this. If you're um, a real fiend? <laughs> Yeah, I okay. I don't know. Like it's just like you said, the, the the humor is so it's not changed at all since the first game, and like, dear God, does it feel so so dated at this point? Like you have to imagine they've got to do something different with it at this point. And I'm, like, morbidly curious to see what that is. But outside of that, I'm not interested. Is kind of where I'm at. Sure. For this one. Yeah, same. I think I've just... That series didn't want to evolve in meaningful ways. And I I just, like, Borderlands 3 did not do anything for me. Like, I didn't see it through the end. Because it just... It wasn't... It was making me roll my eyes more than it was making me have an enjoyable time. Yeah, yeah, no, I kind of... I I enjoyed that swamp planet or whatever with the backwoods, you know, the bayou folk. That was the fun. Bayou. And then uh and then I just fell off after that. I'm like, okay, these 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 guys are are kind of interestingly written. And then the rest of the game <coughs> kept going and so I was that was done. Um as far sure. as yeah, being on board for what they were trying to do with it. But anyway, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that game. Hopefully that there's some level of evolution, but not going to hold my breath. <sighs> yeah. Um, Forspoken is the next game that we're going to talk about. That is a game that comes out May 24th on the PS5 and PC. Now, when this game, the, the uh, trailer dropped for it last year, I was... I was moderately interested. It is a beautiful looking game, first and foremost. Um, absolutely gorgeous action role playing looking video game. It's interesting because there's a lot of traversal in kind of nature 
and it's based on speed and fluidity essentially and um it's going to be driven by this young woman who's transported out of New York City current day modern day life into a fantasy world and she has to use magic to get herself back essentially to New York City mm-hmm. and that's kind of the premise there how did you yep. guys feel and um are you guys at all excited for this game I don't think I have any particularly strong feelings. Like we don't really know a lot about it. I think it's an interesting enough concept and it looks pretty as hell. It's it's not something I'm like breaking down the door to play, but it could end up being something really cool. It's definitely worth keeping an eye on. Yeah, I really liked the the look of the world they were showing off and that at that initial trailer that they gave us. I thought it was really cool looking. Um, kind of unfortunately since then, I, every time the developers talk about it, it sounds an awful lot like the whitest person you know writes a story about a black woman he what, heard about one time. The, the, the hip hoppy walk? Um, I'm, I don't know. Like, my hopes have gone down the more they keep talking about it, and I'm like, oh, you sound suspiciously like David Cage. For for the record, I'm really just hoping it's like p- certain people involved in that development just like talking from a place where they don't know what the fuck they're talking. Like, I hope that that ends up not being reflected in the writing of the game. Is Me all too. I can say. Me too. But every time anything has come out about the development of that, I'm like, it just sounds but, more and more uh, David Cage like. And well, I'm- if David Cage is any example, if you do that for long enough, you get to make a Star Wars. Jesus Christ! How, well, let's let's focus a little bit more on the po- the positive. Man, you guys are getting harsh on this already. Well, no, I've forgotten about, about that. No, I've forgotten I've, about the David Cage. Star I just Wars really thing. wanted to crash him down. Um, I, I mean, I'm I'm hopeful for this. I don't know enough about it to like say it's definitely going to be something fucking terrible at this point. I'm I'm hopeful for it, and I think it looks yeah. interesting. Well, I, well let's still let's looks focus gorgeous. On this. How does like the whole traversal aspect look to you guys? Because that looks really interesting. It looks like a very fluid, fast, um. You're just running through and almost like a parkour system. I mean, in some ways, yes, ish. But like, I've seen enough really gorgeous looking parkour to now to know that it very likely could be hold R one to parkour. Uh, like it's you know that's we've seen enough of those systems where the animations look flashy enough and there's nothing going on under the hood. It all um, depends on how it how it feels, yeah. Like I, I think when I think of like one of my favorite games to traverse to date, it's definitely like the Insomniac Spider Man games. And that's a uniquely like Spider Man thing. I love a world that feels good to move through. Yeah. And that one's an interesting thing where it is very much hold R one to do all the things, but there's also a mastery of it. It's R two actually. Well yeah, but the R one is the part that's super fun with the the shooting to a point. Anyway, um, that's uh, all right. Um, they expect yeah, okay. a mastery of it for some parts of the game that um is cool. Like the 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 floor is super low. Like they'll allow you to get the job done with next to no input, but it still works. And I'm hoping there's something similar going on here. Um. We just don't know enough to say one. Way yeah, or the other. exactly. Like we've seen, we've seen 
no gameplay as far as like they've shown us ostensibly gameplay but not how you're we haven't doing seen any, any live demos yes yeah. yeah like we don't know how any of that's happening we just know that it's supposedly happening in game like is someone pushing there's, there's no way to tell what that experience actually is just just how pretty it looks at this point and how pretty it looks is very hopeful pretty. very pretty but i've seen this be done mind-numbingly boringly before I've been burned before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have four and a half months. Uh, I'm sure they'll be dropping some stuff here fairly soon. They'll want to start hyping this game up a little bit more, and we'll be able to talk about that a little bit later down the road. I just, yeah. I they like to, to build the hype say, up right before the delay. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I, I just wanted to say, like, the, the trailer has me intrigued, and I'm excited to see more about the game. And, I'm hopeful. I'm with you there. And yeah. yeah. My 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 interest hasn't diminished ever since the trailer was announced. I just I definitely want to see a little bit more, but I'm interested. Same here, same here. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. this is one that I'm very conflicted about, and I'm curious, specifically Rich, to hear what you have to think sure. about this or have to say rather. Saints Row, the reboot, um, also titled Saints Row because. Devs can't figure out how to fucking name things. Um, is dropping August twenty third for the PS five, Xbox Series X and S, PS four, Xbox One, and PC. It is not a remake of the original Saints Row. It is a, as I said, a um, reimagining. It, well, no, it's not even a reimagining. It's, it's a reimagining of the series as a whole. It's a reboot. It's, yeah, um, where basically they are okay. going back to some of what they used to do and putting a more modern spin on it. Basically the reason why this series is getting rebooted is because four didn't saints row four didn't do as hot as they wanted to. They released disagree, uh, which is a shame because it's amazing. The game is great, but yeah, no, like numbers wise. Yeah. It didn't do as great. And that's what I was saying there. Yeah. 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 Um, No, no, that makes sense. Then they released got out of hell, which is a standalone, which did pretty poorly. Then Agents and then of Mayhem. They had one other release terrible. after that, which did very poorly. Agents of and Mayhem. And led to sucks. some layoffs in the studio. And basically, um, they decided to um, kind of rework this series as a whole. That way, they can give it another try. And so, this game is being set um, more in a Western kind of location. I've, it's 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 I, I it might be it's, like literally named it it might be like Utah or something it's like Midwestern it's the, United States it's the American hmm. Southwest is what it's being okay Southwest. as and they're going away from the silliness that they really just fully embraced oh, fucking in Christ which is why do this then why why we already it, have the so god awful GTA games stop uh, don't force this on us we don't want more GTA. I mean, numbers-wise, yes, the world wants more GTA, but fuck them. Fuck these wrong people for wanting wrong things. Now, let me let, let me ask you this, Shay, because it, I, have, I have not heard what you're saying. Where, where are you getting the info that they're moving away from the silliness from? Wikipedia. Okay, I don't think that's remotely true. Um, um, I hope Wikipedia is wrong in this case. Cause so... Th, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, THQ Nordic and Volition have both talked about this. Um, so I guess they're I just direct... haven't looked into it enough. 
they're direct um talking about that so actually volitions jeremy bernstein said compared saints row 4 to moonraker of the james bond film series having gone so far outside the realm of reality that they need to reel it back in um, okay i don't think that's studio the same developer thing, director jim boone added that the current social climate had outgrown the tone of prior saints row games so something for example that they actually specifically reference, which I think is fucking hilarious that they reference this, is in previous games, you could use a giant purple dildo to kill enemies. They are taking that out of the upcoming game. There has never been a time more fitting to kill a dumb dildo bitch murder. with a giant purple dildo than right now. Yeah, that's what we were born for. Uh, but uh, here's, I think there is a way you could tackle this and it still turns into a good game. Because... Totally ditching silliness is not the right move. Reeling it back from Saints Row 4, a game set inside a simulation where you fight a, an alien and quote fucking Optimus Prime from the Transformers animated film while doing so. Yeah. It, like, you, you can reel back from Saints Row 4 and even 3 significantly without not make, without uh, ditching the silliness. And like, yeah. well, that's, well, before you guys went off on your, on your tirades and interrupted, that's what I was trying to say, is that they're trying to scale back the silliness to something akin to 3, or maybe even a little bit before 3, because Saints Row 1 yeah. and 2 were very serious games. They were trying to compete Saints with Saints Row GTA. 2 was not. It was... It's hard to even say, because GTA... No, yeah. it's... Uh... <sighs> Alright, you guys can talk about the game. Well, no, no, like all the games early, like even the GTA games earlier on were going for a much more silly tone. And then they reeled back to the point where they're just fucking torture porn at this point. And well, what, what, yeah, like, I I think you could definitely reel the Saints Row series back to get to the, you know, early GTA tone. And that would even be fine. But well, what what I was trying, trying to get into again yeah was that i was trying to say that basically the very first g uh very first saints row was very much trying to compete with gta yeah at the time that game came out 2006 uh sure. saints row 2 yes still very much serious in its tone but was starting to push itself towards that silliness obviously yeah. saint 3 embraced it a lot more and then saints row 4 fully embraced it Mm-hmm. Like one hundred percent. Saints Row Four yeah. went like batshit crazy, and and, and yeah. Saints Row Three is pretty crazy at a lot of points too. Yeah, for sure. Um, like with the, it ends up like GTA is arguably like a satire of like the crime drama, and Saints Row at that then is a satire of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so, I, I'm. I think there's a tone you could strike that works, like. Saying we're scaling back from Saints Row Four, there's a lot of wiggle room there, and I and I get that. If they strike a tone similar to Saints Row Three, I I think that's a good sweet spot to work from. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I like those yeah. games a lot. I just the setting doesn't do anything for me because we've had so many games that have done this, like all the. Oh yeah, no, like, the setting is car, the cartel yeah. games and all yeah. those style of games. Um, I can't even remember any of those fucking games names but like if you were to tell me the title of like three of them i'd be like yeah that game and that game the setting doesn't do anything for me and um i get the need to kind of rebrand because you know your business is taking a hit i totally understand that and that's fine um i'm all for that i didn't realize that initially when they said that they're 
rebooting Saints Row. I was confused about that because I thought that that was a fairly popular series, but I didn't realize that they'd been having issues. So it makes sense, but um, I'm not really excited for this game at all, to be honest with you. I'm cautiously optimistic. There's certain things that are totally worth ditching, like (sighs) I've had fucking enough of Johnny Gat as a concept. Yeah. Uh, I think leaning too hard into... And this one seems to be doing that, and maybe that's one of my bigger concerns. Like, there are certain elements that are still in here. Like, there's still, like, Professor Ganky stuff and, like, Saints World elements that are making it in. But I think all the characters are, like, named and, like, have a personality at this point. And I, I kind of don't want to have that happen because there's something about the ambiguity of the main character, like the boss in Saints Row, where you just morph him or her or they into, like, this... By the time I was done playing Saints Row 2, I was running around dressed as a purple version of the Riddler firing a poop gun at people. Like, <laughs> there, it's it's ridiculous, like, in all the right ways. Like, the boss as yeah. a character makes no sense and is weird and is whatever you need that character to be. Like, they're a sociopath yes. with no emotion, and it's hard to... Pre- I don't, I don't want to care about the boss. <laughs> I shouldn't have to. Yeah, exactly. We don't need to know about his you know how he became a sociopath and his time in the eastern block like i don't fucking care um i want him to put on a purple bowler hat and fire urine out of a fucking water gun at people while cackling maniacally Mm -hmm. i mean that that was some of the best stuff of the late 2000s and early 2010s where when games would do that stuff would kind of embrace the silliness i for mm-hmm. example, I think of like Dead Rising and some of the psychopaths that you would run into in those games and just how ridiculous they were and the concept of them. Yeah. Like, that was fine because that was what the world had built up. And it was still weirdly grounded in it. Like Saints yes. Row 4's beauty was in ditching how grounded anything was. Like one of my yeah. favorite re- recurring bits from that game is like there's Mass Effect style romancing. But, like, every single conversation just is, like, them nonchalantly talking about whatever and be like, you want to fuck? <laughs> and just, like, going right into it and you could romance everyone on the crew. I yeah. think that's I think that's the biggest thing that I'm taking away for this is, like, it's, it's a bummer that with how, I want to say innovative, how creative Saints Row 4 was in not sticking to that formula that... Unfortunately, they weren't able to, the, the studio wasn't able to capitalize on that and get it into enough hands of people who enjoyed it, I guess. Pre- presumably, and it sucks because, uh, like, people always said the problem with Saints Row 4 is how do you go back from that? You fought aliens and it took place in a simulation, so you had superpowers. But the end of Saints Row 4, I guess light spoilers here, paints it in a way that the Saints now have time travel technology and are going back in time to change history so the Saints have always been in charge. I want to, like, <laughs> have the boss and Johnny Gat fighting George Washington in the Delaware River. Like, give me mm-hmm. that, whatever that game is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like... Unfortunately... When did that come out? I was... It, it, I think it's, like... Saints Row 4? Yeah, when was 4? Was that... 2013. 20, yeah, I thought it was 2013. Like it was, it was around the same time as all the prestige television, and oh no, everything has to be so serious now. And no, yeah, like people no, weren't in the mood for it. But like, we can just have fun. I think if it came out now, it would be received so much better. 
You were the president of the United States and your vice president was Keith David playing himself. Yeah. Yes. Like, it's it, an amazing game. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't well, think people were, were ready for it. Maybe, maybe our kids will be. Like, um, Saints Row 4 is great. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll have to see what happens with this. Um, to be honest with you, it had I, a dubstep gun called the Wub Wub Rifle. <laughs> Not, not that yeah, really dates all this game. time talking about four is just making me want to go back and play that at this point it's, it's so it, good it, i bought it on switch recently because it was on sale for like a dollar 99 oh my god over the holidays all right time to see if that's still on sale yeah um i i i'm honestly this is one of the few on the list that i'm pretty pessimistic about let's hear it i i have a feeling it's going to be a middling game that has middling results and is not going to be effective in rebooting the fan franchise, but I hope it is because maybe they can get back to that silliness somehow. Yeah. I, I really hope I'm, I'm optimistic, but not, I'm not expecting much. I, I'm at the most I'm helping like a fun open world game. That's a, a silly enough for me to, you know, have an enjoyable time with it. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Um, let's do one more and then we'll take a quick break. Yes, this dear. is uh, because these not the games that sale. I've been. Sorry, mm. bud. Yeah, the I'm games I've been now. doing are all games that have a definitive release date. Uh, there are a lot of them that don't have a release date or have a release window, so to speak. Sure. So yeah, the last one that is supposedly coming out on November 11th for the Xbox Series X and S and PC is. Starfield. Starfield I, that's will be not a video game, it's a screenshot. Yeah, I I have my reservations about it actually coming out this year. Same. Um because like you said, we've only seen a cinematic trailer and a screenshot, but I can't tell you how excited I am for this video game. Uh the hype that people had for no Man's Sky is the level of hype that I, uh, before, you know, it dropped, was the level of hype I have had for Starfield throughout the years. And I obviously have been trying to temper my expectations just because this game is supposedly going to be coming out this year for years now. But, um... No, this is definitely takes, the first time they've dated it. Yes, this is the first time they've actually dated it. Um, this is taking place in, in a future, obviously, where... We can travel, and it extends out from the solar system, so you can travel travel outside of our own solar system, and there are going to be some wars and factions and things um, happening there. It is it's an action role-playing game. I'm really excited for it, even though we have no idea what it's actually going to be or um, when it's actually going to drop, but it's... It's a game that's been in development for quite some time, and I just I want to see stuff on it. I want sure. I want to play it. I want to get my hands on it because I I have a feeling that this may be a it has the possibility to be Mass Effect level good. It has the potential I think just from um a my my illogical hype uh b 
just who's developing it, who's working on it, I have hopes that this could be really good. So this is this is one of the ones where I'm just gonna let I'm gonna let my hype take it all away. Like as in You're allowed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, mean I, I can't get past like mildly intrigued and that's solely because of, and I think you kind of covered this honestly, Shay, like I don't really know what this is. Yeah, no name and a screenshot and the name is Starfield. So my hopes for the writing are literally on the floor. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, track record for Bethesda and the type of RPG they're saying it's going to be. It should have a cool world and be neat, but yeah. like I, I, I can't get excited not because like oh, uh, it's probably gonna be bad. Like I can't get excited about it because I don't know enough about it to like be really intrigued in an interesting way. Like I'm sure it's gonna be cool, but right now I kind of know nothing. Yeah, I know it's in space. Yeah, no, exactly. Like I feel like there's just absolutely no information about it, and uh, yeah, like you're saying, like. Does space Bethesda thing sound interesting to you? Yes you know or no? I, like that's I, that's, that's kind of yeah. I hope it's about the elves from the Elder Scrolls universe who created space travel. That would be actually pretty fucking cool. You know? Because yeah, that's I'd be one down of my favorite my favorite bits of the Elder Scrolls universe is that the elves have actually traveled the space using magic and technology, mm-hmm. and they became the Vulcans. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, and the rest is history. Mm-hmm. I mean, Vulcans are pretty much space elves. Yeah, no, Basically, they, they yes. very much are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, I th- there there is some information about the plot and what's happening. But yes, in terms of actual gameplay, we know next to nothing. So I hope Khajiit are in it. I want to see more. I I'm just I'm unreasonably and illogically hyped for this game. It is uh, and you're allowed one of the to ones be. that I really hope comes yeah. out and yeah. really lives up. I hope it. I hope it does not let you down, and I hope it ends up blowing all of us away when it does come out. But right now, I don't know enough to be excited in a meaningful way. Is I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get that too because Bethesda hasn't had the cleanest track record in the past few years as well. They've made some blunders, but I mean, like most of the Bethesda things I've enjoyed in the past few years were them putting their name on some great franchises that and someone giving them else out made. to their other studios. Yeah. Like, you know, Machine Games, Wolfenstein, and, like, the stuff they've done with Doom. Like, Bethesda can hit it out of the park sometimes, and I I just I don't even really know what to expect because we yeah. don't even have a good baseline for what a... We don't really have a good baseline for what a modern one of those type of Bethesda RPGs is. I guess yeah. Fallout 4 is that, and Fallout 4 is fine. Yeah, like, have they shown any aliens in anything so far? I don't think they have. Like, it it seems in like it's very Fallout. Fallout's had aliens. No, 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 no. In, in Starfield, they, to... I don't think they've shown they've shown like a human. Yeah, that's what I'm and saying. Like, so f- from the art they're showing and whatnot, it seems very like I don't know what the world design is. Yeah, like very, very kind of that low fantasy, hard sci-fi, which. I like, like, as a, just like personally, like I, I dig that very much. It's cool, but in a big RPG, I feel like you're painting yourself into a corner by doing that. There's got to be, yeah. The the thing I'll say there is, it looks like they're focusing less on the aliens and more on just humans Ooh. and these <laughs> and the <laughs> human colonies battling each other, and has to deal with more like human conflict and mechs and technology than I'm gonna aliens. go play. I'm Outer sure Worlds, aliens then. will somehow pop up in here but it looks like that's not the main focus here. 
I hope the aliens are at odds with the rest of it tonally. Like, they're just the fucking Zerg. <laughs> My life for Aya. Yeah, yeah. I Yeah, no, that would be hilarious if the whole game happens without us seeing aliens, and then, like, the last ten minutes, they just come in and just stomp Fuck our everything shit up. into the ground. Like, just, yeah, just like... Like, we're basically cavemen rubbing sticks together compared yeah, to what they could do. Yeah. That would be... I, I like that. That's a good sequel setup. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. The whole sequel sequel is just a ten minute game. You just get your, your well, no, shit no. pushed the back in your asshole. Is just... you playing as the aliens conquering the human race? Yeah. Or that. Or that. But uh, I don't think we can do that. Actually, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, just because, um, if they were to do something like that, then we can't show weakness. I think that would influence our younger generations of people to mm. become aliens and kill humans. Probably. Probably. I mean, we've given them every opportunity why, to kill humans it? already. We've given them every opportunity to become aliens. Uh-huh. Mm. Indeed. All right. Well, I think this is a good place to take a break. We still have a lot more games to actually talk about a lot more, but um, a lot of these upcoming games are don't have a definitive date and we need to take a break anyways we need to uh pay our own bills and we need to go top up our water and stuff so, yeah run some ads we'll be right back x-ray x-ray read all about it new magic store.sojump.com you there, boy! What news? News, sir! New graphic designs over at store.swordchomp.com! New graphic designs at store.swordchomp.com! That's right, sir! My god! You can get all the designs you want on t shirts, masks, hoodies, even phone cases! They've done it. Those sword chomp boys have brought Christmas early. Late. Er, on time? Is time even real? When am I? Avoid finding out at store.swordchomp.com. God bless us, everyone! We're back from our break, and it uh, feels good to be back. felt nice to take the break, but it feels good to be back. We're going to talk about some more games uh, that we're hyped for. Now, the upcoming games, a few of them have rough windows of release, and a lot of them don't have a date at all other than being 2022, which is why we sectioned them off. First one popping up, and uh, these ones are more in uh, alphabetical order for the most part. Uh, a Plague Tale Requiem, which is going to be coming out this year for the PS5, Xbox Series X and S, the Switch, and the PC. Which is, I thought the Switch, but not the PS4, Xbox One, was interesting. I would interesting. bet you the Switch is a sh- cloud version. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. But um, there's not a lot to be said here because we've been really talking about this game the past few months. We did a Chomping After Dark episode where we deep dived deep dove 
Deep Divin, um, into the story. <laughs> Deep Devin. Deep Div. Deep Devin. Deep Devin. Dive kick. Which is the name of... Uh... Moving on. Yeah, moving on. Uh, I almost went there. Um, we, yeah, we went to the story of Plague Tale Innocence. We all really love this game. Um, I talked about it for some Game of the Year stuff as well. Uh, specifically on a Patreon Game of the Year show that you can access at patreon.com slash swordchomp. But anyways, um, that's patreon.com slash swordchomp. But I am really excited for this game. They they left the first game. They had a really good ending for that game, but they also left it open-ended enough to see where where we go from here, to see what happens to those amazing characters that we experienced in the first game. So I'm excited for more narrative along that line, and I'm excited to see kind of some of the new stuff that they've come up with since then for their rat tech. I'm... Uh... Yeah, I think we all like that game quite a bit. I'm interested to see where the story goes. Um, based off the some of the shots we've seen of gameplay, it looks like they're maybe evolving combat a little bit. Like you seem to actually have like a crossbow, so you might be able to get a little more offensive um, than you could for all the bulk yeah. of that first game. Uh, which would it would make sense, uh, you know, after the shit they've been through, maybe for those characters to be a little more like, no, I'm not dealing with this bull crap anymore. Yeah, yeah. Thematically, it makes sense. We'll see. We'll see how it shakes up gameplay wise. Because um, like, because that the game really was kind is... of a mixed bag. Like it, the highs were excellent, and then the lows were kind of a little slow. The um, game's best bits are when it succeeds at. And you and I have had this conversation about games in the past, Josh. Like, there's few true stealth games nowadays. Yeah, and in a lot of spots, um, that game was that. Not consistently throughout, but in a lot of spots yes. it was. Yeah, like in, in parts of it, I, I, I know I've mentioned this before on the show, but it's, it's probably been a while. I'll bring it up again. Like, I feel like the really arcadey stealth of MGS1 is about as good as it got. Um, sure. Where everything's super state-based, it's something you can look at in an instant and understand what's going on. Um, and as stuff got more realistic past that point, it kind of, it gets to a point where you either have unbelievably frustrating stealth because people can realistically see you or they just completely break any semblance of it being real, um, by, you know, giving you a power fantasy of, oh no, no, he totally can't see you standing three feet in front of him because you're, 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 you're in you're shadow not, see you're not in his vision cone yeah um and this in places did it extremely well in other places not quite as not not quite as well um but yeah sure i'm hopefully hopefully they learned the right lessons from this going forward and we get something where the stealth sections if there's still stealth, which I hope there is, I hope because the parts they did well, they did really well. Um, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. nothing like when you are playing as um, I'm so bad with names. What is the little boy's name? It's I honestly don't remember. It's been so long. I don't even remember the main protagonist's name. Which is I want to say Emil, and I know it's wrong that I'm saying it. Out that's loud. definitely no, that's, not it. It's not Emil. It's it's something. Yeah, but anyways, uh, Hugo. 
Yes, Hugo. Hugo. Hugo and Amicia. And Amicia. Hugo I knew and it was a, I knew it was something with an E, but I knew that was not his name. I knew it was the girl's name, but my brain was just Yeah. Anyway. Hugo Weaving. Yep. Um Thank God someone needs on, to make a mod no, of that. Uh, that that moment where you are playing as Hugo, yes. breaking in, trying to locate your mother, and you are navigating through that stealth part where you're going through all those guards. That yeah. part was easily one of the best parts of the game and that's when the stealth was i personally yes. thought was done really well the interior stealth sections are excellent are the strongest there's They're, some big open fields where it's like uh, yeah it's like and again it's it's doing that super realistic oh you know they can totally of course they can see you you're only you're a block away of course they can fucking see you like where in other, any other game they'd you know pretend that a guard couldn't see you because you're slightly farther away but in this, they, they do it really realistically, and it's the spots where the level design does not support that realism from an enjoyment standpoint that, uh, that it doesn't work as well. Sure. But the interior sections, I, I loved the stealth anytime you were inside somewhere in that game. It, it's really good. That yep. game is cool. It's a good game. It's good stuff. So I'm really excited for that one. I hope that. It comes out selfishly during like summertime. That way I have plenty of time to spend with it. Oh yeah. Sure. I'm excited for that game. Uh this one I think we all know who's gonna be the most excited for this game. Bayonetta three was oh, finally yeah. officially announced last year for the Switch. Uh there's no absolutely zero release date other than it being this year. So um, I don't have a lot of experience with Bayonetta, so I'm going to kind of leave it to the other two to talk about, you two to talk about it, but um, how how did you guys feel about seeing that trailer when it initially dropped, and what's your hype level going into this year for this game? That trailer's really cool. It's got, it's got kaiju in it. Yeah, I w- it was the funniest thing, because they specifically started off as just the most brown, boring, military shooter-looking shit. Yeah. Before revealing what it actually is. And I it was the funniest thing, um, Rich and I watching that announcement trailer because it they knew exactly what they were doing with it. And it's And we bought into it because yeah. we were like, oh what's and they were like, wait, wait, this is fucking bad. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> it's like they they one hundred percent got us with that yeah. nonsense. Which yeah. Well like good job. Good job. That was that's that's how you do a trailer like that. Um sure. Bayonetta, I think, is kind of holding down that. I mean, it, I think it. I think it's currently doing some of the best jobs of 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 keeping that Devil May Cry kind of legacy going in a lot of ways. That really over the top, stylish, dumb fun summer movie type action game it is alive b movie action video game is like the best way to put it and it 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 does what it does like purposely and it does it really well and like bayonetta one and two are great for people who have not played them you can get them both on the switch at this point yeah those are fantastic games I, i i genuinely cannot wait for this yeah yeah and and seeing again how they 
did that trailer kind of gives me hopes that they they still get it. They, the, they yeah, still they, understand they still get the tone and they understand yes. what works for Bayonetta. And what exactly. Uh, which is good because it's been a long time coming for three and seeing the, that the they still get that much chain was in that trailer. Yeah. I, it, yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm very excited for for some more Bayonetta at this point. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for you guys to get this game. I am. And I will say this. The trailer definitely pulled a tricky dicky on me when I was watching and I was like, what is this shit? And then when the kaiju started popping up, I was like, all right, all right. I'm a little interested now. And then seeing that as Bayonetta, I can imagine people who love this series are like, oh, shit. Yeah, like freaking out. And uh, for good reason. It's going to be neat. Uh, fans of this series have been waiting for this game's announcement officially for quite some time, and I'm glad they finally got it. Um, like official, official. I mean, it was yeah, it was announced in 2017. Something besides it, a logo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yes, thank you. So this one, um, I debated taking it off the list, but I decided to put it on just because, um, I think one of the pleasures we have here is kind of hyping up some of the games that maybe not a lot of people have heard about that we think are going to be big. And one of those I think is going to be big this year is Choo Choo Charles. This is a game we talked about last year when the uh, trailer dropped. Mm -hmm. It is the horror game that is going to be dropping on PC in quarter one of 2022. There there are rumors that it will be dropped uh, for console at a later date. Now, the, the big thing about Choo Choo Charles is if you've watched the trailer at all, uh, there is a spider train that chases you, and it is a very fucking horrific-looking spider train. It's pretty. It's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, what's kind of crazy about this is it's being developed by a twenty-year-old developer, which is one of the interesting things uh, about this game. A small interesting wrinkle. Um, his name Two is star Gavin. Games, yeah, Eyes and wrinkles of that age. Hopefully not too many, but um, it is a first world style view and first it is a horror game. And that trailer, if you go watch it, it looks awesome. I'm I'm really up a train to fight back against the horror monster train. It's got a it's Mm -hmm. got a whole ass vibe. (laughs) (laughs) I think this one's going to be. I think if enough uh, eyes and hands get on this game, it's going to be a sleeper hit for sure. I don't think it'll be a massive hit, but it looks intriguing as fuck, and I wanna, I wanna get my hands on it. Just watching that thing move, God, this, I, I am excited for this game. Yeah, yeah, I need to get a new PC so I can play this game. But it looks good. Josh, have you seen the trailer for it? Oh yeah, I think I was the one who showed you the trailer. Whenever it dropped, you might, you might have been, or um, I, it might have been an article that I read. I can't remember at this point, but. Yeah, it. Oh man, I'm so hyped. I'm so hyped for this game. Choo Choo Charles it's gonna be good. Intriguing to say the least. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. There's not too much known about it other than you're running away from a horror train, spider train, and that it's a horror game and it's coming out on PC earlier this year, or yeah, earlier in the year. But yeah, yeah. I'm I'm absolutely excited for this game. So we'll have to see what comes of it. 
Um, are you guys going to end up picking it up when it, when it drops? Ab- absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I like, I really appreciate the, the one man game sort of experience. A um, lot more than the one man show. Well, yeah, well, I mean, there's some, some value to both as far as the, this is exactly what one person wanted it to be. And and you're not really getting a diluted. You can't dilute the vision experience when when one person's making. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. You can't um, compromise it. Yeah, and that often leads to some weird, very specific decisions being made, which can be bad. Often they're bad. Uh, most things are often bad, but still worth experiencing. Kind of. Anyway, because Unlike it's like a one man show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Bring it back around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and that's that's, that's kind of I don't think he expected. You know, showing like, off his game that early on to just blow up the way it did. It, it, you know what? Like, it's a novel, weird, dumb concept that made enough people go, that's fucking crazy. And, like, that's the best kind of response you could hope for. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and I'm, I'm excited about it. I, I... Is it fair to say you're on board with it? Yeah. Because trains. <laughs> <laughs> because trains, Rich. God damn it, because of trains. What else could it possibly be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll have to we'll have to see how amazing that game is. I'm That's another one of those games where I have unreasonably high expectations for. <laughs> Just cuz I yeah. I'm really excited for it, but yeah, we'll have to see what comes of that game. Sure. Um this one's interesting. I'm not sure it's a major title release but it's one that i think behooves us to talk about just because we all are fans of final fantasy so of course we got to mention it mm-hmm. final fantasy 7 ever crisis is dropping this year for ios and android now um <laughs> kind of interesting because you know uh, josh talked about it when we when uh, it was announced last year um, that he had just recently played through, uh, what is it? Crisis Core. Crisis, Crisis Core, Core yeah. Yeah, he had, he had talked about that. Um, that game's great. Yeah, I need to track yeah. down a PS2 mouse and keyboard, because I couldn't get a modern oh, wow. mouse and keyboard to work with that old machine. And uh, For Dirge of Cerberus? Yeah, for Dirge of Cerberus. Yeah. Um. Sorry, I got I distracted myself thinking of that because I played that on stream and the game is still good, but like it was never good mechanically. It's it the PS2 was not made for first person shooters, like it should be. Like all the all the right buttons are there, but like resolution wise and our adeptness at using those controls was not established. To get the job done at that time. Um, mm. Sorry, I yeah. really distracted myself. Sorry. No, it's okay. We, we, we can, it's we can okay. go on. But yeah, Dirge okay. of Cerberus. It's all good. I'm curious to play that with a mouse and keyboard. I couldn't get it done trying trying to use a modern mouse and keyboard. I may need to... May, more research may be required to find what mouse and, mice and keyboards work <laughs> with that machine. Right. But Not to, 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 
tell what Probably the conceit not, of this but... game is. It's basically a uh, monthly episodic installment release um, that is going to be a retelling of events from Final, F the Final Fantasy VII, the video game. Um, it's going to have the video games before Crisis, Crisis Core, and Dirge of Cerberus all involved in the game. Uh, players will be able to jump around in the different chapters as they release. Um, the, apparently that this is going to be free, but will offer loot boxes and oh, um, Christ. to have weapons and costumes to uh, pay for the game. I don't know what the fuck this thing is. Um, I don't want to harp on this forever. Like All I'll say is, if the Final Fantasy VII remake is telling the story I think it's going to end up telling, then the events of the original become like required reading, so yeah. I understand why you would put this out. Yes, yeah, no, no, I, I feel exactly the same way. Like, I think... I think there's a whole lot of information that the people... that that the developers assumed people knew going into the remake that most people didn't know because there's just so much extra. Not enough people know so that stuff. Kate Sheath is Scottish. Yeah, exactly. No one knows that. No one know. No one knows what's going on in Dirge of Cerberus. And I, I just played that on stream. So if you actually, I'm sure that VOD's not still up there. Maybe I should put that on. Stay uh, away from it. I should put that on YouTube so people can find out. What's going on do, in that game? Without do you want to know who Shelk is? Yeah, yeah. Um, it makes sense to get that information out somehow. Free to play yeah. makes sense. Don't fucking put loot boxes in it. The whole point of this is to get people on board for Final Fantasy VII Remake going completely off the rails in the next episode because this first episode goes completely off the rails, but it's still rails we recognize. Yeah. There is absolutely nowhere it can go at this point that is anywhere remotely close to anywhere it's been before, and people need to know why that is. Well, it, it, it remotely close is actually the word I would use. Remote, remotely close. Like it, it's kind of going in the same direction, just in a lot of a lot of other. It, totally different conversation. Yeah, You've no, done, like, it is eight this... hours of podcasts about Final Fantasy VII remake. I don't oh, want to yeah, talk about yeah, it anymore. Yeah, yeah, no, this we're it's it's Final Fantasy VII with a goatee. Yeah, this, this we're clearly clearly playing the evil version of it uh, yes. with this remake, but that's fine. I, as, like... as long as the next chapter has a song about hobbits in it. We're, we're good to go. Here's here's what I'll say about the loot boxes. Um, we've talked about this before, and we we've talked about two different aspects of loot boxes. We talked about how they benefit the developers and being able to release content and stuff like that. And it's a different system. We've also talked about the addictive nature of loot boxes. So I can see the positives and the negatives here. I. I don't see loot boxes being that big of a deal in a game like this because the people who are going to be playing this this game, who are going to be going out of their way to download this, I don't think are going to be, in general, the people who would be more susceptible to loot boxes. It's going to be people who are really big fans of Final Fantasy VII or Final Fantasy as a whole and yeah. wanting to get more content. And I, what I see it, what I see it potentially being is is someone who's like, all right, I got all this content for free. Sure, let me buy $10 in loot boxes to, you know, show support. It's kind of like a, uh, 
uh, you know, in, on Bandcamp, sometimes artists are like, pay what you want for this song or this album. I kind of see that as yes. that in this scenario. But also you're paying I, obviously what this you scenario, want. This scenario has a little bit more predatory behavior. Yeah. But yeah. I, and I acknowledge that. I do. But yeah. I just, I don't think the clientele getting into this game are really going to be that susceptible. Sh- should it still exist? No, I'm not okaying it. But um, at the same time, I'm not as concerned with it in a game like this as to something like Fortnite, for example. So, Yes, but also that's kind of why I'm the least excited for it here, because this game is essentially a recap of stuff. Like, in, unless they really go overboard and actually make it fun somehow, which Doubt. I don't expect. I'm expecting this to be a very bare bones recap of a bunch of stuff that happened in a bunch of very disparate games over the last several decades. But what if Cloud wore a silly hat while all that happened? Exactly. That's that's actually my problem with it. Not not from a oh no they're ruining it standpoint. I could care less. Like the movie happened. You can't ruin <laughs> Final Fantasy VII. That's such a long phone commercial. Um, my issue is. This is such a nothing game that anyone who's still willing to pay for a loot box in it is someone who probably has an underlying condition that's being preyed upon. Like, like who else is going to put the money into this? Like, it's, it's just, it's a nothing game. I mean, the, the I thing assume. is, if I pick up the game and I really enjoy it, and I feel like it's given me enough quality content, I probably will spend five dollars or so or $10. yeah same here i don't see that happening but in a world where that happens yeah then, I, then i'd be like let me throw them some money agreed but agreed. frankly i'd much rather spend five bucks for horse armor if that's the case do you think i'll L- have that L- that's that's my point because the, the 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 spend however much you want for an album thing on Bandcamp is cool you're paying that much and only that much for what you want um, I don't know why, like, in a situation like this, why a game developer wouldn't do that. Obviously, I, I think it's a platform gonna... thing. I don't think there's a good way to do that. Yeah, I don't, I don't on, think a platform on, on a lot of the platform, it, which is just stupid. But <sighs> why hasn't some savvy person in the industry then developed that? Because it seems like paramilitary death squads kill them whenever they well, try. Well, I mean... Uh, they have it's just they haven't in a mainstream console application like itch.io has figured this out the 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 humble bundle has figured this out um the option to let you add a tip if like if you want essentially to yeah there are solutions in place in places yeah just the mainstream console Players don't want you to think that's a thing because they really want you on board with this. Well, game should really cost eighty dollars now for the baseline. If you want, if you want the season pass, it should really be a hundred at this point. Um, and they anything that gives you the impression that that is not exactly how it should be and don't consider an alternative is, is a threat. Not yeah, exactly. They don't want it's it anywhere to the near the platform. Yeah, um, it's, it's all the. 
liberal mainstream media's fault at this point. <laughs> oh my fucking god. Man, I'm too tired for this shit. Uh, <laughs> you fucking libtard cuck. <laughs> I haven't heard that insult in a good while. Come uh, on, conservatives. Get on your lib libtard cuck name calling. No. Well, they realized they were too far, far too out long. there and they had to reel it back. And now instead of saying fuck Biden, like any good leftist would at this point, you have to say go bring... What fucking pussies have you guys become? <laughs> Say fuck Biden, cause fuck Biden. Yeah, grow a pair. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> I hope that gets cut out of the show. <laughs> you know, you know what's fun is I don't think we're in a good opportunity to bring this up occasionally, and this isn't the the reason I barely use it anymore. In fact, I probably miss this more if anything. I'd post somebody something like completely politic politically innocuous on my Facebook, like barely saying anything. And of all people, our very own Raymond McGill would go on my personal Facebook page and comment like, "Why don't you shut your fucking libtard mouth?" <laughs> <laughs> and just like try and like rile my family up. Uh, that's funny. That, oh, yeah. I love Ray. <laughs> I that's love Ray that's perfect. You. <laughs> Ray Ray's got it down perfectly because he's a busy man. Uh for those of you that don't know, Ray is a part-time writer on our show. Um not on our show, I should say uh on our website rather. He writes but most he, of my bits. He writes all of Josh's dialogue. <laughs> 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 this is planned people. But yeah, no, this is all um, scripted. <laughs> like when when he comes into WhatsApp uh, he he will randomly say shit, and it's fucking hilarious. He mm -hmm. he has it down of the the whole aloof, knowing when to come in kind of thing. Yep. Just you so. say your piece, you walk out, you let the, you let the chaos ensue. You let the libtards do their talking. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, back onto the game now that uh we thoroughly distracted ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, I just wish there was a platform to like pay as you go or tip in the mainstream media. <laughs> You've ruined yourself. The, fucking Let me ass. try that again. Let me try that again. Fucking jerk. Oh my god. I wish there was a way. I wish there was a way that you With could the Hollywood pay for elites. <laughs> I wish there was a way you could pay for this 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 uh game, this app, whatever you want to call it, and it is a pay as you go kind of situation, or you could tip. Unfortunately, loot boxes has been the chosen point of reference, which um, I'm not the biggest fan of. I'm not the biggest critic of it either, either in this instance. I hope um, outside of that, though, that this kind of clarifies some of the information that a lot of people, myself included, don't have surrounding Final Fantasy VII. So we can be up to date when subsequent episodes or uh, parts of Final Fantasy VII Remake come out. So, the, yeah. the future of game platforms is uh, Yoko Taro sends us all a Google Dropbox link and then just says, you can Venmo me what you think is fair. <laughs> Here's my game. I'm 100% can... down for that. You, you can Venmo me. <laughs> Speaking Why of not? which, doesn't it seem oddly prescient that the CEO of Square Enix was a an optional boss. Now, yeah, now that we know that he's absolutely someone you should fight to the death. We, well, he do love them NFTs, baby. Mm -hmm. The common man love an NFT. Yeah, I. Well, here's the thing. We know that uh, game, 
That's why they call me. You know, they call no, me, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do this. We have too they much. They call to do. me Rich Non Fungible Meister. We're not gonna do this. We have too many other stuff things to talk yes, about. Yes, please. Yeah. We need to yeah. keep going. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to. I want to go on a tangent, but we got to keep going. We've already uh, went on 14 Tokyo. tangents we, up we to have. this point. We, we're we're working on our 15th at the moment, so we're not gonna get there yet. Yeah. Not just yet. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo is a game that is dropping on the PS5 and the PC. The date is to be determined. I am also very excited about this game. Funnily enough, it is published by Bethesda and developed by Tango Gameworks. But um, just the trailers that they've shown, it's an action-adventure game played from the first-person perspective. Um, It looks paranormal. It looks magic. It looks like... um, Martial arts mixes with uh, magic, and I, I'm really hyped for this game. I like the setting, obviously, loving Japan. I love kind of the, uh, just this, like, it has this, just from aesthetic-wise from the trailers, it has this interesting blend of elements that I'm really excited for, and I'm, I'm curious to see how the gameplay is going to reflect that. I don't know how you guys feel about this game, if you guys are at all excited, but this is one of the ones that I feel like I'm excited more than the average person for this game. I'm definitely excited for this. I feel like you're you're definitely the highest of us on this. Um, Yeah. It's another case of like, we haven't seen enough to get me in like a damn it. I can't wait mood, but like it's there's something here. I'm interested to see more. Yeah, I think I was more excited than you early on when they were like, oh, no, this is really super horror thing. And then the more that they've shown of it, I feel like you've gotten more excited and I've gotten slightly less excited to, to the point right. where, like we, we've, we've passed each other. Um, like ships in the night. I'm, I'm still excited for this. I, like, I, it looks, it's given me an awful lot of like the early Shin Megami Tensei vibes. Like, like one and two yeah, I think type, type, type. All the feels are kind of hitting me with with a lot of kind of it, again. It's hard. It's hard to it's hard to nail down at this point um, exactly what it's going to turn out like. Um, but I don't know. Like that's I'm still really excited to see where it's going at this point. Yeah, it has a lot of potential. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can understand you being kind of hesitant because, yeah, that there hasn't been enough dropped about what exactly it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But, I, yeah, it just the aesthetic is really fucking awesome, and I so just want to see. I want to see more of what they do with that kinetic aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, this is the one that the world is anticipating very hotly, very sexily. Um, God of War Ragnarok. Now, it is rumored to be released this year, and there are further rumors um, due to an accidental listing by a store somewhere in the world, I can't remember now, that September 30th will be the potential release date of this game. It has not been confirmed. It is a rumor at this point, but... Likely um, a placeholder date sent to certain retailers, and it's probably somewhere in the yeah. window they're trying to hit. Exactly. I mean, I remember way back when I used to work at a uh, an entertainment store that, yeah, we always got placeholder dates. Yeah. And 
which should tell you they're they're probably aiming for like third quarter yeah yeah Um, i I was kind of expecting the same just it's when it should come out any 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 longer than this year people are gonna start i mean the interest is never gonna completely drop off of a fucking god of war game but as far as being on board from one installment to the next you've got timeline wise it makes sense yeah yeah like you've got a certain window to get that done um and i i I expect they are putting a lot of resources whatever they can into making it hit that window Um, this is a all all hands on deck every resource we have is behind this it's a flagship title for sony yes um and it's something they want on their new console i mean as far as excitement goes like this is wrapping up that norse story for god of war apparently yeah we'll finally Um, get act two to that game that first fucking game is great it's real great um i i think we all walked away from it being like oh i kind of care about kratos in a way that i don't feel like i could have possibly a decade ago and that's insane Mm -hmm. um i'm i'm sure it's going to have improvements over what the first one did that first one's great i'm excited to get back into that world yeah. Yeah. Yeah I, I, yeah. I I can't really say it any better than you did, Rich. Um I love the first one. I I liked it more than I thought I would because I I enjoyed the original 3 to some capacity, but I was never gung-ho about them. I, I like those I, games a lot, but not in the same way that I I like this. And I think a lot of people feel that same way. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how I would word it. It's a different way of enjoying Kratos now. And I think for a lot of people, myself included, to see that maturity develop in the narrative was so unexpected and beautiful. And I want to see more of that. Yeah. 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 No, no, that that is. There is very little I'd change coming from this. It's not even a real reboot, but, you know, <laughs> name it wise, is a, it is name a wise, it's a reboot, but it's absolutely a continuation of it. Um, it. It's a soft reboot in the sense that, like, the story is disconnected enough that they didn't want yeah. people who hadn't played the original three to feel like they had to to play this. I Which feel is like very I, good because that's that's quite an imposition to try to convince someone to go back and play those games. Um, totally i I do feel like us as people that like people in our age bracket who have experience with that original trilogy like i feel like we get more out of it than like people coming to it fresh for for very different it's a weird thing to get more out of because the more we get out of it is like this guy who was a like textbook like the type of video game character you see on an episode of law and order as a joke uh, like he's just the murder video game man has now been given yeah. nuance and turned into a character I care about. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it, it was very much a character that was all about machismo, and that's that was a sign of the times. You yeah, know? There, there were a lot of you'd rather kill that were every god in the pantheon that. than go to therapy. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say the uh, the the zounds of just masculine things that were coming out at that time, and that's Zeus. Why. There's nothing wrong with being masculine. Um, it's Men when will... it gets toxic that it's bad. But and yeah, and this I... game is very much toxic masculinity. The video game, as far as the original series goes. No, well, uh, oh, well, to be fair, this game is very much like the moments in uh, the original God of War where Kratos would have proceeded to rip Athena's eyes out of her skull. He just goes, "Calm down, Kratos. Remember your breathing." <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, like this, this, this series is very much. Oh yeah, no, he did go to therapy. 
And and it works better because of that. And he's so, struggling. He's having a tough time, but he's trying. Yeah, yeah, and it works so much better. Um, he's making an effort, guys. Come on. Yeah, yeah. He's doing his best. Mm-hmm. He just wants to be a better father to his son. You know, and like that's that's one of the big things I will like. One of the final big things I'll say here is that the voice acting was such a standout in the oh. original game. Uh, Christopher Judge, I believe, is the voice of Kratos, and yes. he did a phenomenal job. And um, I'm glad that they were able to bring him back because there were some rumors that he wasn't going to come back and there were some issues. They didn't end up bringing him back. And He's a phenomenal performer. And like, yeah, there's some really good and again, a baffling thing to say about God of War when you have experience in the past three. There's some really good moments in that game that are just calm mm-hmm. dialogue exchanges. I, I, I As, brought it up again and again, that whole boat yeah. ride with him and Athena and the conversation is is like one of my favorite gaming moments of like the past 10 years it's just such a good scene True. yeah no no his, his performance is excellent given a character that is as next to one note as you can get um but still feeling real enough sure the, the way the way he's performed um was done excellently, and then seeing him take that performance, that that the same character, and do so much more with it, coming into, the, you know, this 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 new story, was yeah. excellent. Absolutely, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great game, and it's obviously gonna be one of the premier titles of the year. A lot of people are gonna be talking about it, so, mm-hmm. um, of course, we will be playing that game. So, the next one I am absolutely fucking hyped for. It was one of the biggest surprises, I think, at last year's um, all of the video game reveals for me was Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Uh, That one's going to be coming out for the Switch. Um, In quarter one of 2022, there's no official release date. That really surprised me, and I'm sure you guys feel somewhat similarly, because this is the first game where Kirby's going to be in a post-apocalyptic world that's an open-world game. Mm-hmm. So, it I it it's really interesting. It's a gorgeous I, looking. It like has the whimsical nature of Kirby while also being set in post apocalyptia. I'm I mean, really on board. Kirby Just loves w- murder. Uh, I this, yeah. It's one thing we know about him. He loves murder. Um. He yeah, just, I, I just, he, he sucks it up, sucks up that murder. He he, he does. It's his favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I mean, I think the the main thing was the pure surprise that like, yeah, there's never been an open world 3D Kirby game, huh? Kind of crazy. Um, I am yeah, one hundred and ten percent on board for Kirby Automata. Yes, it looks great. Kirby Kirby Kirby. That's a name you should know. Kirby Kirby Kirby. He's the star of the show. Yep. Yeah. I like I would never expect Kirby to be in a post-apocalyptic g- game or an open world game and yeah I I kills a lot with... of gods. I <laughs> I think I a dead world is where Kirby belongs. Here's the thing. I think people started really becoming privy to Kirby and his destructive power in the newest Smash Brothers game. And I think that Nintendo and sentence. more specifically um Hal Laboratory, which is a developer, H A L, that they decided to fully embrace that and they're going with it and I love it. They've had a lot of success with big open world games for some of their classic characters. 
um on the switch i think kirby yeah. is another one that makes sense um i'm I, i'm wondering to see if some of the things i really like about kirby um translate into uh this this yeah, spoiler alert like uh later this year kirby turns 30 this year um God so we're it. going we're going to be doing a uh chomping at the bits on kirby um why do you have to say it that way rich you make me feel old yeah isn't it gross um and uh like one of the things that i think is so great about the kirby games is i think there's this middle ground with nintendo platformers where it's like mario is your pretty bare bones nintendo platformer like the donkey kong series has sort of been the more challenging one and then kirby is this one that's kind of in the middle where it's as difficult as you want it to be like Kirby doesn't punish you, but there's a ton yeah. of ways to challenge yourself. Yeah, um, and and I hope they find a good middle ground with that here. I think they've done a good job in the past uh, of handling like their live systems and their their challenge level, mm-hmm. and and I mean, who the hell knows how that translates to open world? Um, but. But I'm sure they. I wouldn't be surprised if they find a system that works that in yeah. that in that space. Like, I, and I'm yeah. excited to see what they do. Yeah, that that's some. Um. Don't cry, Josh. We okay. we talked about it. We, we just talked love about Kirby it. so much. Oh, no, I do, I do. But um, Bowser's Fury kind of showed how you can take that idea of platforming in an open world. And do such cool things with it. Um, yes. And that, 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 experiencing that gave me a ton of hope for Kirby being yeah. in a 3D open world that had I not experienced that beforehand, I think I would be much more skeptical than I am. Um, hmm. Interesting. That, that game kind of, it gave me a lot of hope for what you could do with a 3D platformer in an open world setting. And a big hope to see Nintendo do some cool things with that in the in the years to come. Yes. And Kirby might be our first taste of that in a in a large scale fashion. Yes, yeah, like a full full experience. Um, I think I think sort of deal. this game and uh Pokemon Legends Arceus will be the two mm-hmm. big determining factors of that for sure. Cause it's interesting. There are a lot of games that um Nintendo is putting out this year that are well not a lot I guess two two open world well no actually Breath of the Wild two is coming as well yeah. there there are a mm, fair amount of open that. world games coming out from Nintendo this year yeah be interesting to see but Kirby there, I'm really there are allegedly for. a fair amount of open world games coming out from Nintendo this year <laughs> allegedly <laughs> yeah that's yeah that's uh, that's true um the next game is. Um, this is probably the most likely to get bumped or have issues this year, I think, is the Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time remake that is coming out for only, as of now, the PS4, the Xbox One, and the PC. Um, the date is to be determined, but there are rumors that it's going to be pushed back to 2023. And it's already been pushed back. It was supposed to come out last year. Right, exactly. I'm going to throw this out there. Please do. If you're really looking forward to this, maybe it's time to sail the seven seas. Um, 
I actually put this on the list for you, Josh, because I figured that out of uh, the three of us that you might be hyped for this game. But Well, I, I, like I would love to have it on my Switch, but I own old copies of it still. I can play it on GameCube if I really want to. Uh, and if I'm feeling really spicy, maybe I'll do so on an emulator so I can get this you thing You fucking mom, upscaled. you're going to jail. I can you're get, going to jail. I can get 60 frames on this thing in, in full HD with UI that doesn't scale completely properly because no one expected it to ever be full HD. But, like, I've, I've said this in the past. That's my style of remaster is just stick a fucking HD camera in it. If you've got 2D sprites that cannot be upscaled, redraw them, and that's the end of it. And emulation kind of still does that best. Like, this is... This should not get bumped. This should be out now. But, like, I understand optimizing it, making sure it works perfectly, but, like, you don't need to do much more than that. Like I, I, I can see also spending the time to go in, put in new subtitles. Um, the audio was overly compressed in sounds of time because they tried to fit it on those discs early on. Um, Tiny disc. it's very compressed. If they still have the original master recordings, that would be something I'd like to see is them, you know, remixing the audio so it's not just like the lowest bitrate audio you have ever heard um in a remaster who knows if they have that or not because some game companies did not spend any sort of resources to keep that stuff around and archived the way it really needs to be um and I, I I don't know the story. Especially not back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially not back then. But I, I I don't know the story of whether or not they have that or not. But that would be cool. You um, know what's a bad game? Prince of Persia: Two Thrones. Why did they make that into a fucking trilogy? God damn! That first game is so excellent, and then they just kept fucking making it, and 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 deciding, hey, you know what's popular right now? New metal's popular. The second one's really good mechanically, and just everything else about it's terrible. Hmm. That game's not <laughs> a trilogy. There, there, there's, there's only one game. That, that game is not a trilogy. It's, it's, there's, only, there's only the one, the one Prince of Persia game, and then they didn't make another one until, yep, that, first, until that first 360 game, which is really good, but everyone hated because, oh, it's too casual now. Um, that game's cool. The game's excellent. I like that game a lot. That game got so much shit because they made it easy. Easy. Um, big air quotes there. It's excellent, and it got shit on, and then the series kind of went away until they made it into absolute trash again with the next few after that so they could make movie tie-ins. Um, Did you know Jake Hall's Persian? <sighs> All right, all right. Before we get too far down the fucking rabbit hole, um, yeah, I don't expect this game to be dropping this year at all, and I wouldn't be surprised if this game never came out at all. To be honest with you, just because oh, it'll come out. 
it'll I don't know, man. It's being if they do a bad for... job with it, it'll come out quietly and you'll forget about it, but it'll come out. That that's fair. Kind of like the 13 remaster that made me weep because it was bad. Oh god, they took the did like one novel. That? Yeah, yeah, they did, and they they took away the art style, the cool thing about that game. It looks like dog shit. Yeah, I don't know how you fucked that up. When did they, what? What did they came re- out in twenty nineteen? We is talked the PC about it. version that remaster. There is a PC version, I believe. Is that of the remaster, or is that? I thought that was a port of uh, the original. I, no, I believe no, that's the remaster. A remaster. Okay. If that answers your question. All right. I'm Either sorry, way. it's 2020. Uh, excuse me, I Ooh. thought it was 2019. 2019 is Next 2020. Game. Anyway. It came out for PC and PS4 and the Switch. And it's bad. All right. If that tells you anything. How do you anyways, even ruin that? On. I don't Never mind. I don't, I don't, yeah. Next yeah. game. Not, not worth going into. No. Next game, Redfall. Uh, the... What seemingly looks like a four-player uh, vampire slaying fest, oh, okay. a la Left for Dead or Back for Blood, but with vampires. Is this and, this uh, one that we like the look of in our yes. in our thing? Okay. Yes. Because that name Very is so. not good, but yeah, I, I didn't remember rem- what it was until he started describing until it. Until you described it, I'm like, oh, I think I seem to remember actually really liking this, but the name is just kind of, you know, a little... on the nondescript yes. side. Yes, absolutely. Devs keeping in line with continuing to have bad names for their games. But no, it's uh, the four people there. It was that cinematic trailer where they're killing all the vampires and they have that little robotic dog creature also moseying around with them. Yeah, with like, seems like you have magical powers. Some of you may. Some of you may. Looked like one of the main characters was a witch of some sort. So, yes, exactly. Lots of space Uh, to go with it. It's interesting because this one is also being developed by Arcane Studios, who just did Deathloop last year, and um, it's being published by Bethesda yet again. Yeah. So, uh, and, it looks uh, like... go sorry, ahead. go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say it simply. It looks like a lot of fun. Um, it's cool that somebody has taken the Left for Dead formula and transferred it into something else, and. It looks like it's going to have really high quality production, so I'm really excited for it. Yeah. All right. All right. Everything about this looks great, as far as I'm concerned, because the gameplay was really good in Deathloop. Like the the gunplay felt good. the The abilities felt good. The the that taking the taking the uh, like abilities and and magical powers you had from the Dishonored games and then not punishing you for using them. Really cool. I, I, I mentioned last week that I was not a big fan of them also assuming that you don't want to think while playing this game. Um, I was not a fan of. But taking all that gameplay and putting it into a multiplayer like co-op shooter like that essentially that it sounds great that's what i want from it that's what they did excellently they like mechanically everything about this seems like it should work um like we've seen them do all of this extremely well like the the alien powers in prey 
are outstanding. They're ridiculously creative. Um, I would love to see Arcane tackle the idea of a co-op shooter. There's, I think, yeah, this is a, a really good platform for Arcane to do what Arcane does best. Like, yeah, we, we could harp on it for hours. Like, the, the thing about Deathloop that I think you and I both shared sentiments in, Josh, was like, my first few hours with Deathloop were fucking great until it wouldn't let go of my hand. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like this, this might suit them better, doing some, taking that formula into something like this. Yes. Like, my, my two issues with that were, A, it, it never stopped holding your hand. And then B, there's one enemy type. You just fight dudes for, for that entire game. Whereas this... Whereas in this, you fight dudes and bros. Exactly. The bros are what really makes it. Occasionally. Occasionally. On like the really big end boss stages, you fight a himbo. I love a good himbo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to see what Arcane does with a co-op shooter for sure. And there's there's a lot of potential here. I will say that. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited. Uh, everything they've shown so far, I'm completely on board with, and I can't wait to see more. And that's where I'm at. Yeah, pretty simple. Um, just two more of uh the main ones, and then we'll get to our quick personal choices. The Splatoon main three. Meat. Yeah, I know. Splatoon three is a game that Josh is especially excited for. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, he is a uh, slurping something over there. It's squid ink. Yep. Ew. Actually, no. You can eat that. I guess that's kind of edible. Yeah, you do. But that's, um, that's how you get black pasta. That's true. And cheese on your Burger King burger. Mm-hmm. That is true. But yeah, um, there's again TBD. It's coming out on the Switch. Oh, I forgot to mention Redfall is Xbox Series X and S and PC only, and that is coming out in the summer, for sure. In the summer, unless it gets pushed, I guess. But uh, Splatoon 3's Switch is TBD, and um, it's, it looks like it's largely a lot of the same stuff of the first two games, pretty much. Uh, I mean, that's, that's pretty much what it looks yeah. like, just more of what's beautiful about the first two games. Yeah, which is everything. Which is, that's all it really needs to be. Like, the world weapons, of Splatoon... The world of Splatoon is one of my favorite game worlds in the last a long, long fucking time. It is a, for, for anyone who's not been on board with this, because it's, you know, understandable given the platforms it's been on previously. Uh, it is a post-apocalyptic world that has been taken over by evolved squids. Um, in war with evolved octopuses. Yes, in, in yeah, yeah, cu- uh, yeah. Caught up in a war with evolved octopuses who have really latched on to the street style of of Tokyo, um, which is, I guess, one of the places they made landfall after you know when evolving early on. So they got really involved with that. You know this this who could blame them? Ancient writings that and and you know civilization they they found um which is really cool um and what they've shown us of three is taking the show on the road um what's happened in the rest of the world during this time because everything else has been basically set in you know the ruins of tokyo um more or less 
for the first two games, and they've they've shown us little bits here and there of maps that are in France, and I'm trying to think of any other landmarks that they specifically showed. But it, it seems like it seems like this is going to be a much more grand scale, at least in the campaign. We'll we'll kind of see where it goes from there. Yeah. Um, which I am down for. Like the game is. So, so satisfying to play like their, their level design with the, the idea of shooting being the way you kill your enemies, which you'd expect, but then also being a traversal mechanic of anywhere you put down ink, you can like swim into it is so ridiculously cool and satisfying to do that I'm I'm always down to see just more levels of that and then they've already shown off new weapons and yeah so I'm I'm really excited to see what new mechanics they bring to the game Hell yeah That's fair yeah I mean I never really got into Splatoon games but I know they're very popular in Japan especially amongst the younger crowds and Josh I know you love it so Oh, I yeah. was really excited for you when this was announced last year. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm like, extremely oh, excited. Super I'm, hyped. I think this might be your chance to get in, Shay. Those like those multiplayer sessions are fun as all hell. They're so so good. Um, yeah, maybe maybe we'll see. I I mean there there are other things that are other prioritized on my docket, but yeah, maybe depending yeah. on when it drops. As it, it's gonna be worth your time, even if you never play multiplayer at all. Just given how outstanding the first two campaigns were. And people mm. don't talk about them. Yeah, yeah, like, that's not the popular thing about the game, and they are outstanding. Um, even the DLC campaign that they gave in, in 2 uh, oct- is Where you play excellent. as Octolings? Yeah, where you play as Octo- Octolings is an excellent campaign. Um, so, yeah, I think it's worth your time, even if you're not, like, in a multiplayer shooter mood. Um, just because their their level design makes use yeah, of those mechanics, inventive, inventive ass like weird platforming stuff. Yeah, it's uh, so cool. Those games are cool. Yeah, yeah. Their their level design is really cool. That is one of the few things I do really know about the game, is it has really creative level design. Mm-hmm. So I do want to check it out for that reason. But again, it's not high on my docket. Yeah. Uh, the last one, we would be remiss if we didn't mention this one is Breath of the Wild 2 um, coming out for the Switch. Date is to be determined. Um, what do you guys think is the likelihood that this game comes out this year? 5%. I would have given it 8, but I think you're in the ballpark. I do not expect this game to come out this year. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat, unfortunately. I really want it to come out this year. I'll be delighted if I it does. the first, first one and loved it so much, but... Yeah. I mean, the precedent's there for them to quickly get get a game out the door if they're reusing a lot of assets. Like, they've built everything from the ground up on every other Zelda game except for Majora's Mask at this point. And that game's great. And that game's excellent. I I can see it coming out this year. Like I like I like the eight percent is like does. the the kind of traditional model. Like this is too soon. It shouldn't be out. But 
everything they've shown us so far is basic. This, I can't imagine it's a different engine. It, everything they've shown us looks like it's basically the exact same engine under the hood, but just right. you know, with with, with new Nor stuff. Nor do I think it needs bolted to be. onto that, it. That first game does impressive shit on yeah, that little console. Yeah. Like I, I don't need it to be. I just I need it to do some cool new stuff with the world, which those like Sky Islands seem to suggest it does. Mm-hmm. And I'm down for more Breath of the Wild. Like, give it, put it in my hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what's funny is, last year I wouldn't have been able to have this conversation with you guys, and uh, <laughs> I'm glad I can now. Yeah, I, I could see them dropping it this year. Like Josh, you're saying that the, a lot of the assets that they're potentially going to be using are already there, so it's not they're not reworking things from the ground up like they had to do with the first one. Um, completely. And I will say this. I was really impressed with how beautiful that game looks for being almost yeah. a five-year-old game at this point. For I was a launch really title? It's insane that they were able to do something that impressive right out the gate yeah. with, with new hardware. I, I can't think of a launch day that had me more pleased in my life when that, like, I pre-ordered everything for the Switch on Amazon, when mm-hmm. that box got there with the console and Breath of the Wild. Like, oh, what a fucking day that was. Yeah, yeah. That that partially makes sense for why you like the game so much too, Rich. I think that you have some, I mean, other than the fact that it is a phenomenal game. I mean, but I'm it, not it glossing is... over that one of my like favorite console launches in memory because like how often can absolutely you say, like, day one for a console out of the box you have a game that amazing in your hands mm-hmm. it's yeah i mean like i think about some of the older console launches like the ps1s was not fantastic um yeah i can sure. uh, xbox 360 had cameo which was a pretty decent game and it had um a few other pretty good games as well but yeah, nothing in the vein. Like the, of... the only thing I think in the ballpark is the Wii Sports Resort, or not not Resort, but the Wii Sports. Just the the initial Wii Sports. It's in the box with the thing. It's an excellent game. Yeah. Um like that's that's. I mean, it was that game was so good that people were coming in years after the Wii was done and over with, kind of just to still play, looking yeah. for that game. Yeah. All all I remember from that launch is like um. The short, like a week or so after the Switch launched, was PAX East that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember being at the hotels the first night before the convention and just, you know, staying with a bunch of people and like a bunch of people, not all, everyone had a Switch yet. And people were just hanging out in my hotel room watching me play Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> like just yeah. a room full of people on a hotel room couch drinking beers watching me play Zelda. <laughs> It's funny the the watching me play Zelda thing that um again going back to the Wii when, when Twilight Princess came out um I was in college playing that because that was not a long after was that a release that may have been released as well but I, I still think close to if not I think it was released launch. because it was made for the the GameCube um yeah. and then just got stuck on that thing. Also, because I was the person on my dorm floor with a Wii, I ended up with an, an audience watching me go through Zelda at that point, because, you know, yeah. the Wii was impossible to find at the time. Um, the funniest part of that was, at the, this is back in the day, ask your kids what battery, or pa- kids ask your parents what batteries are. I mean, I, I guess they still use them in a few things here and there, but, like, anyway, the Wii remote 
had the two double A's in it, and they died literally during the last boss fight. Um, Perfect. Died during the middle of that. Thankfully, fighting that game... Fighting Big Old Pig Ganon? Yeah, yeah, fighting Big Old Pig Ganon. Anyway, some games, to this day, don't know what to do if the controller dies. Thankfully, thankfully, this game paused. And anyway, the, the entire group that I had sitting around watching me play the end of this game got in the car and we had to go to Walmart and buy some double A's. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, we all bought batteries and then came like, back oh, and finished the shit, game. Like, I just imagine that looking around the room like, oh shit, does anybody have batteries? <laughs> yeah, yeah, nobody on the floor had batteries and we all had to go to Walmart and then come back. <laughs> Be like, oh, yep. well, maybe we'll just finish it tomorrow. No, bro, Hyrule's not safe. We gotta go get batteries. <laughs> yep, yep. The bunch of us, the lot of us got in the car, went to Walmart, and came back. Uh, yeah, amazing. But I'm really excited to see what happens with Breath of the Wild, too. I'm hoping it drops this year. Um, I'm riding high Me after too. my playthrough of the first game. I'm still super excited for you finally getting around to that, because it's... Uh, yeah. Such a fun game. It's it's. Well, just we'll be delightful. talking about it here really soon, yeah. thankfully. But let's get to some personal choices. Um, I'll go me, Josh, and Rich. Um, we can do up to two. No more than two. No more. Uh, I have a lot. No more, more than, than two. And you can do less if you're like what I am just I have do one. with this other eighteen. Uh, I, I was gonna say I have like a list of twenty games. <laughs> well, you get two because we don't have enough time to do that, and I don't have the patience to sit through that. <laughs> Um, the first one I'm going to mention is Shining Force Heroes of Light and Darkness. It is going to be a phone game that's going to be coming out. That is a kind of remake of the first game. It is uh, being handed off to a different company because Sega really hasn't done much with tactics, Shining Tactics games in quite some time. 2009 was the last one. So as on a personal level, I'm really excited to see what happens with this game. On a on another note, I'm very worried that be, because it's becoming a mobile game slash mobile app, it's going to be bogged down with a bunch of bullshit that it doesn't need. And the art style is so far not my favorite, but it might grow on me. But on, just on a personal level, because Shining Force 1 and 2 for the Sega Genesis are my favorite games of all time, that I am hoping that this is a cool interpretation of, or interpolation rather, of the original so cool yeah josh i'm very proud of you for using interpolation that just you don't that doesn't come up outside of 3d rendering software very much you get a gold star yeah hey thanks buddy yeah i sorry i i learn words sometimes and sometimes they stick (laughs) yep 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 yeah no 3d rendering software is I guess anything animation, but generally 3D animation is about yeah. the only thing that term is still used in. But uh, yeah, happy, made me happy. I'm still yeah, anyway. Josh, I did over here it. smiling. I teach English, I swear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this is not my one, but I'm going to bring it up again. Just Josh, that's cheating. In- no, instantly, inst- It's it's not because I brought it up before. Tunic, I brought up last year, and it didn't fucking come out. Because um, I was so excited for fair. it. Won't and I'm still, I'm still excited for it, but now it actually has a date, I think. It's it March, March of this year. And anyway, I'm bringing that up as a... As a 
disclaimer for everything else going forward in that I'm excited for this stuff, but I also know I'm cursing it to not come out this year by, sure. by bringing it up on the show, which makes Pretty me very much. sad um, that anything I bring up right now is going to get pushed back till next year. Cause that's, that's, Thanks a lot, Josh. that's what happens every fucking year is I, I bring up something I'm excited for and it doesn't come out that year. Um, but I, I guess, yeah, I'm still excited for Tunic. We'll, we'll see if that excitement from last year ends up being worth it this year, finally. Um, but um, my first game that I'm excited for this year is one that Rich and I actually saw during the E3-ish. I'm pretty sure it was E3. Um, you know, online conferences that we streamed um i may be completely wrong because there's we've streamed so much stuff this year and i may be thinking about a different thing but they they all blend together i admit that i've I've had a hard time thinking about some of them but yeah 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 anyways point stands what was loot river which is the right top down yes i like i'm i'm it's a dungeon, dungeon crawler, action, like, action Tetris roguelike. game thing puzzle. Who? It looks completely unique by being parts of everything we've seen from everywhere before. Um, game with with the central mechanic being you're controlling your character in a in a a dungeon crawler sort of game. It, it's uh lots of enemies coming at you type situation but you're also controlling the platforms that you are standing on um that you can kind of move around in sort of a block pushing tetrisy sort of um style where like you'll be on a big piece of the level that might be who knows what shape and you can move it. It again, don't know how it's played, but it is, it looks like from how fluid it is, like it's probably bound to like the right stick or something like you're moving with the left stick and then you're moving the platform you're on with the right stick. They got into it a little bit when we were watching that. Like they straight up had the controller in the bottom right screen and we're showing they? Did they? I couldn't remember if they showed the controller. They got into it for a while and it looked pretty seamless. Because yeah. they were they were showing like a live demo and had a camera on the controller to show you how they were moving everything. Mm. I couldn't remember if they did that or not, or if I was just assuming that was how they did it. Because nope, again, they, it's been yeah. a while, but they they straight up showed it. Because I remember okay. you specifically commenting about how awesome it is that they did that, and I agree that that is really cool. If your game has a, a mechanic that makes you go, "How's controlling that going to work?" It it's worth showing. Show stuff it off, like that yeah. Off. And yeah, yeah, no, I, I couldn't remember if I was imagining that or not because it's after seeing that, that I can't imagine it working any other way. Is like sure. they nailed it. Um, yeah, yeah, that that sort of if as long as the rest of the combat within that like very big picture, high concept shell is still really satisfying. I'm ridiculously excited because the shell that they've shown us so far 
is really cool. That's It's not something we've seen before. You could do amazing things with it. As long as the combat's still solid. Because with a dungeon crawler like that, you still have to have solid combat. Like, the basics still need to be done well um, for, it, for it to feel satisfying. Um, hmm. That's yeah. fair. I, I will say visually, not uh, color palette-wise, but the aesthetic, it kind of looks something... Similar to uh, Hyperlight Drifter. It looks like it was kind yes, of inspired yeah. visually by that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Which I'm fully on board with. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good pick. Rich, what is your first pick or only pick, depending on how I many have you to, have? Oh, I have, to, I have a list of 20 games here. Okay, um, so you can my, choose two. My first pick is uh, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, uh, which is Team Reptile's new game that is uh, basically a oh, Jet yes. Set Radio spiritual successor. Um, mm-hmm. in every fucking thing it's doing, like visually from the music, uh, they, they dropped the new trailer like e- either today or yesterday, actually. It was yesterday or two days ago at this point. What it, sometime this week. Yes. Um, that showed off like not just, you know, the typical, uh, Jet Set Radio, like inline skating, but it showed off like skateboards and BMXing and yeah. itch. Oh man, that game looks great. That those, yeah. mu- the music is fucking phenomenal. I, I can't wait to play that. It's coming to Switch and PC sometime this year. I was excited before that trailer, but the, then that trailer. But now was like, even more so. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, I'm like they're doing more stuff with it than just being. Oh, this they're just, expanding just a, upon this is just a clone what, of. Yeah, like, and if it was just a clone, I would have been happy with that. But they're doing too. more with it, which is yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I I love the original so much that a clone would have been fine. Like, but. Yeah, that new trailer has got me even more excited than I already was. Absolutely. Yeah, that's fair. I, I watched the uh, trailer to that, and it looked like a lot of fun. And I was like, this seems like a rich game. So that perfectly lines up. Uh, the last game I have, and this is going to be a very, very personal one for me. I don't expect anybody else to know about this game. I backed this game on Kickstarter, and last year it was supposed to be dropped. The dev had to push Ah. it back just a little bit to finish some stuff up. Um, I've talked about it on the show here and there. It is called Small Saga. Um, It is a game about mice, and it is an RPG. And it's about navigating what a a mouse would in Mice World. And it looks fucking adorable. I'm completely on board with it. Um, It is my first and only Kickstarter I've ever backed. It's supposed to be dropping in spring of this year. Actually, it's supposed to be dropping very soon. I can't wait for this game to release. So, for me, it is a small saga. Um, there, there, there are some information online that you can go look at. But there is and, a Steam again, page up. Hmm. I said there is a Steam page up for anyone who wants to. Oh, take a okay. Look. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really, really excited for that game. So, yeah. See, uh, small saga is my second and last game. For my personal choices, Josh, Ooh. what do you? What is your last pick? Um, there are a couple that I'm like really excited for, but that are they're coming out really soon, so I'm not going to bring them up because we'll talk about them on the show soon enough. So I'm not going to use my choices for those because they'll either mm. it's too close, it's too close, so it's not worth being excited or you know unduly excited about them at this point. It's precisely we'll why find I didn't bring out. up Sifu. We'll find out soon enough. Um, I'm really looking forward to Stray. 
Yes. That game I'm looks cool. I'm glad you brought that one up. Which is a cat game? A cat sci-fi game. Uh, yeah, it looks like it looks like some sort of sci-fi game world where you are a cat wandering around the city doing who knows what because cat that's stuff. that's kind of all we've got so far. But conceptually, I really like the idea of trying to get your world across without being heavy-handed and just overly verbose to do the job and the idea of trying to explain the world you're in when you're playing as a cat really works for me um the limitations make that an interesting prospect um and i really want to see what they do the game looks gorgeous so far um from from what they've shown us in the trailers I'm I'm really excited about it. That 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 seems like my sort of thing. Um yeah, one thing that I think we noticed last year about E3 and stuff is there were a couple games that were in the vein of like having cats. I I don't know if you guys remember that little yeah, retro looking game where it's a guy ro- running around, a football player running around with his cat. I can't remember the exact title of that one. I don't but, remember that. Um yeah, I mean, my, the point being is yeah. that, yeah, Sorry. I mean, like, Stray was one of those ones that really stood out for me um, in trailers last year, and it was on my short list to bring up, but obviously the two choices that I picked yeah. more fit me, but yeah, it's it was on my short list, and Tunic was actually another one of those as well. That was yeah, I didn't want to bring it up as my actual choice two years in a row, because I didn't want to curse it to coming out an additional year late. <laughs> Right, right. After we have a fucking date for it. Oh my god. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Rich, round it up for us. What's your second and last choice? This is an interesting one, because it's a game I learned about today. Um, And uh, (laughs) linked you guys a trailer too early. Uh, Showa, American Story. Um, I didn't watch that. I should have watched that. Which is a zombie game that is very much like riding that like B action movie high. Um... You were playing as a young Japanese girl uh, who miraculously survived dying in the post-apocalyptic world, and you are uh, traveling around on this RV called the Gurren Express, fighting zombies and Yakuza and uncovering a mystery, and like a, like you have like high-powered firearms and a katana and like this big handheld drill weapon where they make direct Gurren Lagann references with it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It just looks wacky as all hell, um, and they dropped, like, a three-minute trailer today that sold me on it immediately. Um, like, I-, I don't think I could sell it any harder than just saying, go watch that three minutes of just zombie carnage. Uh, that's Showa American Story, and that is expected to drop sometime this year. Yeah, I'm watching it right now. It's very stylistic. Yeah, it's it's got a hell of a look, doesn't it? Yeah, I like it. I like that they're... It looks like Japan has taken over America. Yes, that's exactly what it looks like. And there's a there's a style that comes with that. Oh, this is very Dead Rising-esque with the combat. Very Dead Rising-esque. It it definitely looks that way. I, like and some of the action goes that, like uh, insanely over the top in this, almost like Devil May Cry Bayonetta ways. Uh, this 
it's this very much reminds me of Apare Ranman, which is a a show from spring last year. I think it was spring. That is essentially that same. Is it Showa? I think it's either late Showa or or actually I think it's like early Heian. Wait, wait a period. minute. Wait a minute. Did, did did it have a reference to the warriors as zombies? Yes, did yes, it did. That? Yes, it did. And anyway, oh my god, it is full of stuff like that. But anyway, yeah, yeah like, it very much reminds this. me of Apade Ranman, which is essentially like a like a wacky races style. You know, Japanese kid comes to America and gets in a big cross country car race thing. Naturally, yeah. Um, that came out last year. The trailer um, opens with a guy getting his dick blown off with a shotgun. If anyone wants to know what the, the tone yeah. for this game is, <laughs> I'm watching the whole thing right now. Here's, I will say that the character models look a little bit rough, but other than that, yeah, I, I, it looks maybe like it's working like an older engine or something. But I think stylistically, it I'm I don't care that much about that as long as it's fun and over the top in the right ways. Same, same. Same. It's just important to note that it's not a, it's like the highest graphical fidelity or anything like that, but it no. is stylistically really fun looking. That's a good pick. I didn't even know about that game. Good call. Yeah, that was one that literally, somebody sent me a trailer for that today, and um, when you were saying like, oh, think of like smaller games, I'm like I gotta bring that game up, That's that game's fucking wild. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that looks like a lot of fun. So, um, good pick. Good pick. And that'll I figured this was going to go really long, and sure as shit, it did. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. that's okay, because uh, like this is one of the most interesting and fun shows we do every year. I and love we, this show. we don't have a ton of games to talk about anyway. No, 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 no. Um, which will be nice. Do you actually, Rich, because I haven't finished uh, the, the campaign yet, do you want to save Halo Infinite for next week? I would love to. Okay. We'll save that for next week. That way, I'll, I'll put more time into the campaign. And uh, and I can come up with some wittier ways to make fun of it. Yeah. And, and, and you two delaying it for this reason will possibly guilt me into finishing it. But I mean, I, I don't see you doing that. But just play, more multi, just play more multiplayer, if anything. It's probably worth my time a little bit more. At least given yeah. my experience so yeah. far in the campaign. If you want to, if you were going to play more Halo, just play more multiplayer with us. Yeah, that, that sounds reasonable. Which I might do after, after this episode. So, um, yeah. So we'll, we'll skip Halo this week. We'll skip Halo this week. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's take a really quick... Uh, break because we have a few games to talk about and then the patreon question of the week so don't go anywhere we'll be right back for the back end of the show hey there welcome if you found this you must be listening to the chomp cast we appreciate you thank you so much for being here i know you're wondering well, hey shay tell them about the other podcast yes i know you're wondering what else could I listen to? Don't forget the other podcast. What else could I possibly listen to from these guys? Shut the fuck up. I'm about to tell them. As I was saying, 
If you want more content from us and you want to hear us talk more about video games, head over to SoreChomp.com where you can check out our other podcasts such as Chomping After Dark, a spoiler cast that deep dives on various games and movies, and Evoking the Sublime where Shay breaks down the history and creation of a video game often paired with interviews from various developers. Thank you and enjoy. Three, two, one, and we are back for, and we are back for the back end of the show. Um, we, fuck you, Rich. That uh, wasn't me. Gonna, that was me. Oh, fuck you, Josh. Well, the thing here's the thing. Here's the thing is I I only have Rich's face up on the Skype right now because I'm also looking at my notes. Uh-huh. And Rich, your your mouth was open as I saw the burp or as I heard the burp, and I assumed it was you. Because your mouth was open. That's great. I didn't do that on purpose, but my mouth was open because a ghost was putting his dick in my mouth. As, as God does. intended. What if God was fucking us? He is. I mean, have you seen the last two years? No. Have you seen the last 200 years? No. Not firsthand. Fair. Next question. Oh my god. Um. <laughs> no, no, no. So, something completely unrelated. I'll I want to speak later. to my attorney. Gross. Uh, Death Stranding director's cut is yeah. something that unfortunately Rich played recently, and he wants uh, to talk about. Yeah, I want to talk. I've actually been pretty eager to talk to you guys about this because let's take ourselves back a couple of years to the Can launch of Death. We have to. But why would you not want to go back a couple of years to before the world was absolute hell? Um, because this game existed. This is gonna be a tough conversation. Um, <laughs> I, like, look here. Here's the thing. I couldn't even talk about it yet. Jesus. <laughs> now you know how I feel every week. <laughs> Sucks, doesn't it? I have an irrational hatred of this game. That's all I was gonna say. I had an irrational hatred of this game, which is why I want to talk about this. Okay. Um. I'll shut up so you can. I poo-pooed the original release of Death Stranding really hard. And let me be clear. The reasons I poo-pooed it still stand. Because I still think the story is absolute nonsense and not in a funny way like Metal Gear. Um, there were always like aspects early of the Metal game. Gear. Yeah, yeah. Yes, okay, that's fair. I like all of Metal Gear. It's one of the greatest stories ever I told. I gave up after three. That's the wrong... Oh, four is great. Um, <sighs> anyway, I... Five is better. Four is great, though. Um, anyway, um, my point is, <laughs> uh, I always like the gameplay, and I think Josh shared that sentiment of Death Stranding. Like the yeah. moment-to-moment gameplay for the bulk of that game is great. Um, the story is still cuckoo bananas nonsense, but I'm also not. I think at the time I was going in with like the idea of like Kojima's next big thing, like the next Metal Gear, and that really pointed my opinion in a certain direction of being like, this isn't what I wanted from him. Um, going in with those expectations shattered definitely put me in at a different entry level. And the director's cut has a ton of new content. I've only started scratching the surface on some of that stuff because I just fired this up. Now, uh, now instead of a mock monster um, ad, it has monster and Red Bull. Is that one of the no, additions? No, uh, the monster ads are gone, though. Oh, okay. Um, there's no more monster energy time. in this. Yeah. 
Yeah, now it's just Bridges Energy. It's just an in-universe drink. Um, yeah, just like the uh, the the re-releases of uh, Alan Wake, where yeah, yeah, where they got rid of Duracell, the Duracell and, and, and Verizon. Uh, Verizon. Yeah, what was it? Duracell, Verizon, and Verizon was uh. Did Coleman advertise in there as well, or was that only maybe? In... I don't think so. I think it was just Duracell. Uh, maybe and I'm thinking. Maybe I'm thinking of Final Fantasy 15. I'm pretty sure they paid to have Coleman probably camping products in there. Yes, no, that's Final Fantasy 15. Yeah. Um, Seemed like that would fit in Alan Wake. Anyway. I just started scratching the surface on some of the new content, and all of that stuff is just more of the gameplay stuff I enjoyed. Like, the first big thing I've gotten to now is um, the Bridges Centers where, like, you have your private room and stuff. There's now a firing range. Uh, That needed to be in there from the start. There's a lot more weapons now. A lot more weapons that are practical, which is to say a lot more non-lethal weapons. Yeah. Um, and the firing range has VR challenges that are straight-up Metal Gear-ass VR challenges. And then there's a whole new line of missions where you were um, checking out these mule-occupied ruins. And I wanted to do one of those for the first time, and by the time you're done, it's just kind of like, that was Metal Gear Solid. That was just a full-on Metal Gear Solid mission. Like, a stealth takedown get clear this base mission and yep. there's a lot of that stuff and while metal gear doesn't like i'm not I'm sorry not while this like death stranding doesn't need to be super action heavy like having that stuff in to break de- up the uh you know just monotonous delivery stuff is awesome and it's some of the stuff i'm enjoying the most and experimenting with that stealth stuff has changed how i play in the other missions like um i, I think i always knew this the first time i played it but i didn't try and harp on it too much uh, when you are dealing with those, those enemy characters, the mules, like I've started utilizing the way their AI is built a lot more. Like what I don't think a lot of people realized in that game initially was they don't ping for you. They ping for packages. Yeah. So if you put all your packages down, they can't track you and you can use that to your advantage to lower them to places by like placing a box somewhere, letting them ping for it and then ambushing them when they go to check it out. Uh, like th- there's a lot more stealth and strategy in it. And I-, I don't think I'm going to change my opinion on the story. I still think the story's stupid as fuck. I'm just kind of rolling with the stupidity a bit more um, because I'm not going in with these big lofty expectations of what is Kojima's next thing after Metal Gear this time and just taking it for the stupid fucking thing that it is. Um, and because of that, I'm just enjoying the gameplay bits more and I'm really enjoying the new stuff. Uh, I've... Hmm. I'm still in that first big area. I'd say I probably put like four hours into this director's cut and just started getting to some of the new stuff. Uh, one other thing I wanted to bring up, I didn't do this, but I wanted to bring it up because I don't know if you guys knew this and it's the most Kojima ass thing in the world. This upgrade, I think I paid $15 or $10 or something to upgrade my PS4 version to this PS5 director's cut edition. If you want to transfer your save data, <laughs> You have to log into the PS4 version and literally deliver it in a mission in game. That is fucking amazing. That is really cool. That is really cool. Yeah, it's a physical package in game you have to deliver to a different distribution center that you then pick up in the PS5 version. That is so fucking cool. That is, um, oh my god. That is the first cool thing I've ever heard about this game. <laughs> um. 
there's honestly in the gameplay aspect, Shay, a lot of cool stuff. Like that racetrack thing is brand new with the roadster, and there's also a new a giant artillery gun you can build to fire packages across the map and they land with a parachute. There <laughs> This game is dumb, but like it's this version of it seems to be having more fun with how dumb it is. And I always yeah. thought the gameplay was good and this just gives more of the stuff that I thought was good about this and mm -hmm. I I'm going to keep going with it. I'm cool. sorry. I'm just kidding. All right. No more shit. No more shit for that game. I just, Perhaps yeah. I judged you too harshly, Death Stranding. <laughs> uh, no, you, that, that's I'm I'm glad that you finally got on board with the gameplay being good because that's the part that I loved originally. I, like, I just, always thought it was, but I just in like shit on the story so hard that it bogged that down for me. Yeah, yeah, like I that is still like one of my favorite just relaxing games is just just to walk somewhere with some packages or or whatever. Like it's just. It's really satisfying just just moving around that world. Uh, and um, those those new weapons, Josh. Before you even get the Bola gun, which was my go-to in the main game, yeah, yeah, they just give you a straight-up taser rifle in that first area this time, called the Maser gun. There you go. And that is just like I I stop sneaking around mules in that first map. I'm just like, come here, motherfucker, and I just put them down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. I uh. We'll probably never play that game ever again. <laughs> I don't expect you to, but like, listen, I, it's a thing I shit on a lot, and I think I, I'm starting to turn a corner on it for the right reasons, and I, I, I felt it was important to talk about that. No, it's good that you're eating crow, yeah. because I think that's the <laughs> name of the game here on the back end of the show is Eating Crow. As you have done it for Death Stranding, and I'm going to do it right now. With Death Stranding's still Wild. a bad game. I like Death Stranding Director's Cut. <laughs> oh, thank you. Sorry. Thank you for the clarification. Of course. Uh, in all sincerity. So it's the same Breath of the Wild GIF. Breath of the Wild was a game that I had been wanting to play for years. I talked about it on our little holiday special when we got together, and I said, It's a fun game, but I don't really get why so many people love it. And uh I'm I'm here to tell you I understand now. I spent <laughs> the rest of my vacation largely playing through this game and so much so that there was a five day span where I literally woke up, ate the bare minimum I needed to survive, went to the bathroom when I needed to, and just played this game. Obviously I showered in there as well, but that's pretty much all I did for five days. And I was hopelessly addicted to this game. Um, yeah. This game is phenomenal. I mean, for those of you who have played it, you already know, so I'm not telling you things you don't already know. But I just, I had so much fun with this game in a way that I was really not expecting. And, mm. um... Emergent yeah. gameplay! It turns out that, uh, yep. you know, Nintendo, of all people, made the best modern open-world game to date. I yeah. Feel. Oh, I think arguably, like, definitely for me, like, I think Breath of the Wild sits in a good, firm, high position on, like, my top ten games of all time list at this point. Mm. That game's fucking amazing. Yeah. 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 And I, I want to talk about it in a way that... Is reductive. And <laughs> no. really takes away from it. No. Um, here's what I'll say. I, I don't want to retread things that we've said years ago on this podcast and things that people already know. I want to talk about the few, a few of the favorite things that I really enjoyed about this game. 
Number one, I love the mazes in this game. I absolutely love the mazes. They are an absolute treat. I enjoyed trying to figure my way through them. Uh, that's my style of puzzle. I love those kind of things. I loved Eventide Island a lot, which is the oh, island yeah. that you will find on the east side of the map towards the lower half that you... Um, oh, actually, is it? Yeah, I think it's towards the lower half. That basically, yeah, when you fly half. to this island or you sail to this island, you swim, whatever, however you get there, you immediately are greeted by a screen that tells you all of your items have been taken. Everything that you own has been taken. You have to um, basically find the shrine on this island in order to get all your stuff back. So it's you yeah, basically the spend the time best. gathering supplies, killing the easy enemies, gathering more supplies, killing slightly stronger enemies until you get to the um, the Hinox boss. Yeah. Yep. On the island. Actually, I, th I believe there are three. No, not on this one. There's one Hinox on this island that you have to defeat. Um, th and it's, yeah, it was such, yeah. it was such a fun mission. I did not expect that mission at all. And it was a wonderful surprise. Um, I really enjoyed that one. Oh, yeah. That, sure. That's a standout for me as well. Like, I remember that's another one of those things. And I think we talked about this privately recently, like, it's one of those things in the game, the early days, I was like, remember texting people who were playing this game at like 4 a.m. being like, did you see the fucking island thing with the, like, it's, yeah. it's just one of those moments. Yeah, the island is essentially like the Great Plateau, but condensed down to a much more uh, single sitting sort of experience which i mean like the great plateau is not super long already but it's it's that but with even harder enemies um given to you at a point where you understand the systems whereas the great plateau is giving you enough space to learn those systems uh early on um when you're not on hard mode uh, on hard mode it, it it just uh it just destroys you anyway um but yeah, yeah, that area is such a good job of making all the systems work together so well and, and, and kind of... It takes everything you've learned and just uses it insanely yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, so well. And it's still flexible. Like, it's still a thing that you're not forced into doing it the one way they want you to. It still gives you a lot of options. Um, For sure. Of For how sure. you want to go around screwing up and dying and then trying it again. Um, it is a very flexible mission, I will say that. Yeah. I really yeah. enjoyed that. Um, there are a few of the shrines uh, that I really enjoyed. There's one I have the name of and one I don't have the name of. I forgot to save it. Um, it's called Miam Agana. That's M-Y-H-A-M-A-G-A-N-A. -A -A. You guys aren't going to know that until I describe it to you. It's basically where you have the little puzzle thing where you use the motion control on the switch to move the ball. Ah, uh, the worst ones. Through the maze. I, I love that. I love that kind of stuff. Um, if I, I hate it in handheld. If I didn't have, like, the proper non-Joy-Con controllers to do that, I, I would have thrown the switch out the fucking window. <laughs> That's fair. There's, there's another one like that where you had to... There are, uh... 
There are a few that use those motion controls, but this, yeah. I, again, it's that labyrinth-style puzzle um, yeah. that I really liked. Sure. Yeah, the, the... I don't remember that one exactly, but a few of them are, are really good. A few of them are a little too futzy because they want you to do, like, jumps and stuff, and, and it's a little finicky for it but some, some but of them at the really same good. time some of that stuff is like glorious in the way that like there are shrines that you can do crazy things with the physics and you're oh my goodness in that yeah. game where like some of those I definitely solve shrines the wrong way yeah no some of them are like literally like hey you want to just flip this entire stage upside down and launch the ball up and then recatch it somewhere else i mean people were you making do fucking it fucking yeah. airships using the octo like octopus enemies in that game at point like, yeah uh yeah. uh there's there's one other one i again i can't remember the name uh the best way i can describe it is basically i just did all this in a week so <laughs> they're kind of all melding together but basically yeah, yeah, yeah it is one of the longest shrines there is a like there are a ton of steps you have to do yeah you there are, are a on, few there are a few really long ones but this one basically you have to, you have to use um, your penis. Cry- cry- cryosis. Oh, it's you the launching to... one. No. Uh, oh. Uh, you have to use cryosis, and you have to use magnesis, and you also have to fight fight some of those ancient warriors, and you have to also use flame. Um, you have to use the blue flames. Okay. All at the same time. So you have to care. Basically, what you're doing yeah, yeah, yeah. is you're carrying. The blue flame from torch to torch as you're ascending this very long and um Yeah, I remember that shrine. one now. Is that the one where it seems like seems like there was a lot is that the one with a lot of water in it that will like make it challenging to like there's a bunch yeah, of stuff are, that will try are, to put out spray your, your torch. No- nozzles that'll spray yeah. out your flame. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. That was one of my favorites just because I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you guys. There were some of the shrines where I'm like, I don't have the patience for this. I'm just gonna look up the answer. And I'm I'm okay with that at the end of the day because I I, want... I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There's a lot of content in this game. And if you're sitting there like being like, This is not enjoyable, like I don't think there's anything wrong with going, What's the solution here? I'm not having fun with this and like yeah. with a shit ton of puzzles yeah. like that. That's gonna like, happen sometimes. I, I understand if 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 you wanna look it up, but also again, like they do a pretty good job of making it really easy to just leave it and come back. Yeah, that, for the most what, part, I like parsing them out. I don't blame you for for not doing so. Yeah, in certain yeah. Aspects, and I definitely yeah, did some of them too. That's what I was gonna say. That a that there were some of them that I was like, I'll I'll come back to this and I'll figure it yeah. out later. But then there were some of them that just completely You're like, am I even me. on the right track here? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I I wanted to look some stuff up. There was the one yeah. that I absolutely hated just because. I don't know why my and it's not the game's fault. It's more my fault. Is that there's one where you're looking at the ground and you have ten slots for the balls on each sides, and there are constellations uh, all along the walls. Yep. And I was like, I have no fucking idea what to do here. And if you, they bring that up in you, a few you, shrines, I think. Yeah, and you're supposed to read the hint. Um, and I read the hint, and I was like, I can't figure this out. If I just panned up, maybe like fifteen degrees. Yeah, I see. I see all the constellations on the far back wall. I could not figure that out for some reason. So that you know, for example, that's one of the ones I looked yeah. up where I was like, I don't have the patience for this. Um, yeah. Now that you know that, you'll you'll again, like I think they bring that up a couple times. So you'll, you'll 
if you find any more of those shrines, you'll you'll know what to do with it. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I've done, I think, about 80 of the shrines at this point. There are 120 without the DLC. So um, it's something I'll go back and do the other 40 at some point. Probably not um, any time yeah. in the near future, just because I want to get caught up on some of the other games that I missed. But um, I, re- I really like that, uh, some of the shrines and whatnot. I really enjoyed some of the sillier side missions, like in the desert area in Gerudo town. Um, there's one mission where you have to help this little girl who's trying to grow. Um, she's trying to grow things in this kind of yeah. abandoned part of the town, but the waterway she wants to use keeps getting stuffed with garbage. Someone keeps throwing garbage. So you have to figure out who's doing it and why. And basically, you go up, you climb up on the walls, and you figure out there's this person just eating melon and throwing their rinds in the in the little waterways. And once once um, this person figures out that they've been kind of fucking up growing for this girl, they're like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll stop doing that right away and get out of here." And then you end up giving the girl a, a type of berry that doesn't normally grow there, and then she ends up growing that. And then you can go pick those berries whenever you want. Mm-hmm. And it was such a cute little mission. Like there, there's nothing super stand out about it, and like there's nothing mechanically that's amazing and happening. But it was just really cute and endearing. The, those yeah. are some of the most like classic like Zelda missions, though. Like the things that make me harken back the most to like the sort of weird stuff you'd find in Castle Town and like Ocarina and Majora's Mask. Yeah. Of, like there's weird stuff if you come back at nighttime and talk to this guy <laughs> in this building in Castle. Like that stuff's charming. I yeah, was, yeah. You know, it's funny. I was just going to lead the conversation in that direction, too, because that's one of the things that I think impressed me the most about this game. And you had mentioned it a lot, Rich. Um, both you and Josh did, actually, is the mechanics of this game. And it's super impressive how they just maximize output for all the different little things you can do. Like I learned that during the Blood Moon, right before that comes, a if you find rises. a fireplace and you cook during th- that Blood Moon oh, when yeah. it's coming... Your your food or whatever you make is enhanced, actually, mm-hmm. and increases yep. the stats. Um, if you search the ancient warriors that have long since perished, you'll find items. I, it took me a while to figure that out. I mean, that's such a minor thing, but it's a thing. Um, if you hack off all the legs of those ancient warriors who chase after you, you can get it to topple over. Or you can use a horse and run into it and topple it over like a domino. You can, yeah, forget bombs underneath it and, like, use the explosion as levers to flip them over. Like, there's so so much you can play with the physics on mm-hmm. just yeah. these big, top-heavy enemies. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of different ways to approach stuff in that game, which I really very much you, appreciated. You mentioned uh, that Hinox fight on the island, for example, Shay. Yeah. And one of my favorite things about fighting those enemies in particular, and I, you talked about, which is honestly the smart way to do it, is like taking down the small enemies on those island and getting ready to challenge the Hinox. I took out the Hinox first when I did that because oh, so you get all the good weapons. To him, yeah, if you run up to him and get him to bend down, there's like weapons dangling from yes. his necklace and you can grab them right you off. You don't have to kill him to grab those weapons. Yeah. You can steal them right off of him if you're, yeah, if, you, if, if you you're close enough. Yeah. yeah. No, to be honest with you, I. I had done that. I had killed everything else on the island, collected everything I wanted to collect, and I get to that fight, and I was like, 
I could have picked fucking weapons off of him this it's whole time. Such, it's so cool to do, though. Like, just yeah. run up, and when he gets close enough and bends down, just grab a weapon, back off, equip it, like, give it a throw. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I really like that about the game. Um, one of the other things I will say, and then we can move on because we don't have much time left. Uh, I can I can always... Why? We've only been here for four hours. <laughs> um, we can always talk about this game at another date, but... Especially uh, if I end up playing, if Josh and I end up like playing some of it because you're getting us in the mood for that. We'll have plenty <laughs> to talk about. Right. I, do, I have so much I want to say about this game. But um, I really, one, one of the things I discovered at the very end of the game, or because as I was finishing the game a few days ago, and this is one thing I will go back to, is I just went through the castle, Hyrule Castle, and then I went through the whole ending. And one of the things I had not done was the lost memories you have to collect the 12 yeah. memories um i'd done yeah. them all except the one in princess zelda's room like right outside of her room in the castle in the, the castle sex yeah. scene and i'd forgotten to do that one so i w- i was going back through the game after i finished it just getting to that area and i went under i went um, to the castle and I found that there's this little area underneath and I thought it would just go underneath and up and over to where I could get easier access to it. Turns out it's a mine that ta- or a mine cart that takes you down underneath the castle and there's a bunch of shit under there that I the had castle no idea. The huge. Like, yeah, they give I, you... didn't re- I didn't realize how big it was because I, I avoided a lot of the stuff in there. Like, I thought, oh, yeah. It's a dangerous what? area even if you're really kitted out, but there's well, a lot that, to That's see. the thing. Is like those fucking Lynels were destroying me, so I was just... I was skipping past over pretty much everything to get yeah. to the top. The and, uh, those flying guardians and shit, and there's, there's a lot going on there. It's interesting because if you talk to everybody... They'll give you information like, oh, but who, you know, my grandfather, whoever used to work in the castle and kind of give you hints about where you might be able to sneak your way in because you can just walk up the front gate and, and kind of barge your way in or. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> there, well, yeah, <laughs> there yeah, yeah. Secret routes. Yeah. Inside. There's a bunch yeah. of stuff that you can do to get in without making a big scene. Um. That mine you're talking you, about connects somewhere on the outside that's pretty far from, like, the hecticness of yeah. the castle itself. Yeah, and if you really want to stealth your way through, it's doable through there. But there's, it is. there's really a bunch of very lethal stuff in there as well that make it absolutely a stealth section because... Yeah, there. That's what, that's, that's what I was going to say. So I get down into this basement area... And I start finding these prisons and stuff, and I'm like, where the fuck am I? <laughs> and then I start seeing silver lizardos and silver uh, moblins or moblins. And I was like, yep. fuck this. Cause like I didn't have much healing stuff at that point. And I, they, those things are tough, man. They hit, they hit like a fucking train. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I booked it out of there and I looked it up. Um, I, I, I'm kind of glad I did. I'm kind of wish I hadn't. There's a, big secret boss down there that i want to get yeah. to so i'm definitely going to be mm-hmm. going down there to play yeah that's that's kind of to that's supposed to be kind of the challenge if you sneak your way in via like sailing in to the like the the hidden harbor the port yeah, yeah the down there um yeah 
there there are there are a lot of things that I haven't even done in that game. I realize because I I get to the end, I finish it up, and I'm like, oh, that felt good. I looked at the map after I rebooted <laughs> the game. It's like 23. percent I was like, oh damn, <laughs> I'm not anywhere close to being done with this game. Right? The, um, one of my other uh, you reminded me of that <laughs> with like the map percentage and stuff. Uh, when Josh and I were talking about cool shit like the DLC added. Um, they added a thing where like the map will straight up show you everywhere you've been. Like you could watch in like a, a time breakdown oh, yeah. of all the paths you've taken. And yeah, it'll show on. you your entire gameplay session from the very start to where you are. That's however many, cool. like you just see your little line going around. Like where did I explore? And, and, and it's, it's great because in terms of like exploring, because there's shit to find in every corner of that map. Yeah, like it, it lets you be like, huh? There's like a huge area here that I really haven't been in at all. Yeah, 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 it makes it stand out a whole lot more than just, you know, where where have I marked stuff? Where do I see a bunch of shrines that I've obviously found? It it makes it stand out even more than it already kind of should. But yeah, yeah, yeah. that I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you. The and this is the last thing I'll say about the game. There there are two there are a few things that I will say were not my favorite in the game. One is, and we already talked about this, um, there is no recipe book. There very much should have been a recipe book. Yeah, they kind of expect you to do that pen and paper style, which is something that... It's not the 90s Game, anymore. Yeah, sorry. exactly. Gamers don't do anymore. I mean, you can, you can also do it via the... Like, like the screenshot function, because there are a lot of recipes that you'll find um, in other places, like different recipe books and whatnot around there. Like some of them you do it by trial and error and right. some of them you'll like, you'll talk to somebody and they'll, they'll explain how to make something and you can just take a screenshot, a screenshot of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it would have been nice to have that consolidated in one place. Uh, it would have oh. been nice to even like have a section where it's like, save your five favorite recipes. That would have even, yeah, yeah. Even that, been, even that, uh, that would have been like a decent, Let's meet in the middle kind of thing. Because, yes, they're going for that feel of original Zelda games where you figure yeah. everything out and you write everything down. Uh, like There's, a top five recipe yeah. list, that would have been a meet in the middle kind of thing. I, it's a... Parts of it you can just learn. Like... Um, right. Like, fruit are hearts, period. And, like, each one is worth a set amount of hearts. You put this many in, you get this many hearts out of it. It's it's just a matter of learning it. But yeah, then there are also it, specialized recipes that are like okay if you use exactly these items you'll get you'll get a specific recipe out of it. And those right. are way harder to just memorize in at like a systems level. Um, well, it, it would have been it would have been better for the beginning of the game where you don't have access to a lot of the armors and you're getting hit by the the elements pretty early on and frequently and um mm -hmm. I think that would have been beneficial for something like that because trying to figure out what potions, like there are low level potions, mid level, and high level potions for avoiding certain things in certain areas. I, I, it took me a long while to be able to figure out how to finally navigate those areas, and that's fine. I mean, that's that's the nature of a Zelda game. I just think that there could have been a little bit more work done there with that. Um, at least being some kind of recipe log or something. Even even if it would have yeah. been minimal, it, it would have been nice for that to have been there. To be honest with you, um, there 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 were some other small criticisms I I had that I'm not. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, like you're talking about in the DLC, they have that ability to do the search to see where you've gone. 
I don't know why they didn't have that in the base game. I mean, there are games that already do that. Like the Elder Scrolls games have been doing that for years. Well, where... I think I think it's as simple as like it's not something they thought to do. And then yeah. they were putting out this DLC pack and it got tacked into that. Yeah, I think it could have been something that just was a patch. Like we added this and but it's I, not I part agree. of the DLC. For like, whatever there reason, there are a couple things to... that should have been just not part of the base game, but just tacked on. Like, okay, we're patching it at this point. I yeah, kind of understand also the idea of like not having it attached to the DLC also gives you the option because you can disable the DLC if you just want to play the original without Hmm. it and that it makes it easier to do than it was just a patch like okay at this point it's just on there not that it's a thing that would change your experience so much that you'd really need to but i guess it i like that flexibility i i think it's nice whenever something that different changes about a game that you can play it one way or the other i agree they they could have had that flexibility in there from the beginning though you know what i mean and i I get your i get your guys's point though that maybe they thought of doing it afterwards yeah, no, because like it was. Shay, before yeah. we um before we move on, I, I need to ask you one thing because I don't want to harp on this game forever, but this just came into my mind. Did you do the mission where you build a village? Not yet, not yet. It's one of the ones so, that I need to go back so and do. So good, it's so good. I need to go back it's and really do. Satisfying. I read about that one. Like yeah. it's one of that's... the coolest things I think I in memory like doing in a game. I I will say this: after I finished the game, I went through a deep dive and looking up stuff mm. and like here's the stuff you should see like yeah there is a, so much that like to parse that like it is definitely worth looking up a guide of like here's the stuff you absolutely need to see yeah I it's, would, like, the final, I it's would, like the final fantasy game during the ps1 yeah. and ps2 era it's like there's so much stuff that you don't want to miss out on everything yeah, yeah. I, I would avoid looking up spoilers of how to do that quest because there's also a lot of those on there but like knowing that it exists is good but or then, at least knowing where to start it from. Yes, but but then at that point, because it's very involved, it's fun to to think to yourself like, okay, of all the people I've met in this entire experience, uh, who would I go to to recruit for for this particular job that I need done? Because uh, they don't yeah. tell you any of that. It's something you have to figure it out on your own. And there are a ton of guides out there. So I, I, somehow you've not gotten around those. to I it. Don't, yeah. I don't plan. I don't yeah. plan to. It's yeah. it's, I mean, it's like, pretty fun. The only things that I've really looked up that are spoilery are just maybe locations of certain things, such as the the lost memories. Um, just because I wanted to get that context for um the ending of the game. And yeah. also some of the That's a very different challenge that some people are gonna be better or worse at because it's identifying landmarks. It's identifying yeah. landmarks and and it's it's very much how much you've internalized the entire world at that point, as far as wh- whether you're gonna have a hard time figuring out where this thing is. Um, like the, the point where you have to find a memory, the one I always go to is that like sort of uh, courtyard esque area outside the castle main gates. Because yeah. you look at that picture and you can go, if I can find the castle main gates, I can find this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's one of the easier ones. A lot of the other ones are more about like, okay, this. That's that's this mountain and 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 then okay if it's at that angle that puts me I can search this entire line going this direction across the map and and figure out where I am but it's that's that's a it's still a lot of ground to cover um if you sure. even place that and that's going to be some people just aren't as good at that so it's this is a big game and and not getting that is something you could absolutely get stuck at 
Well, yeah, that's that's the thing is like I could have missed that completely and I have never seen it. And I'm not because I know I had a limited time with the game because I wanted yeah. to finish it before I go back to work. I was like, I'm not going to sit here and wait for this to happen. This is one of the things I'm going to actively look up. Totally but, reasonable. Yep. Yeah. Between that and looking up some shrine puzzles, for the most part, I've tried to avoid any spoilers largely. Yeah. Um, other than knowing that there's a large boss, I guess, underneath the castle. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed my time with the game. And it's something that in some ways I'm kind of hoping Breath of the Wild 2 is delayed. Um, knock on wood there. But <laughs> that way I have time this year to return back to the first one and kind of complete what I want to complete of that. I don't yeah. know if I will go for all 900 Korok seeds. I don't know if I'll do that. But there's I, no reason. I reward you by telling you to go fuck yourself. I know, I know. That, that, yeah. that basically, it's like, cool, good job. But also, it's like, you don't need that. Like, doing all the shrines is the one notable thing, I think. That's, is that's the one I want to do more. Worth, and I think the reward for that one is neat. Yeah, like, I, 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 don't, I didn't even know there's a reward for doing them there's all. There's a very cool, like, I mean, I could tell you what it is. It's, no, and it's, an, it's an outfit, but okay. I won't say what it is. Yeah. <laughs> the Korok seeds, I think, are more... They're way more than you actually need, and it also, like we mentioned this before, like, um, just off air, but anyway, you you get equipment, like inventory slots for them. Yes. Um, yeah. But they also increase in cost as you get more and more of them. Right, um, I've noticed that. I, I've, um, in, I've really increased my weapon slots. That's pretty much the only thing I've dumped them into. Yeah, yeah, but it's... it's uh, anyway, um... Point being, you get to a point where it's it's not, it's like a soft cap. Like, you you dump points into it, and you get to a point where it's like, okay, I I realistically don't need any more weapon slots, but I could keep doing it. But you need so many more Korok seeds at that point that it's it's unreasonable. It's just diminishing it's, returns. It's absolutely diminishing returns. Um, but it's and it's meant to give you some reward to continue exploring. Until you've explored ev- absolutely everything, well, that's, which, which that's I like. Been, it's just that's been the pleasure of looking for those is just yeah. finding them on my own and trying to figure out what they are in the world and how they work. Uh, yeah, nothing yeah. more delightful than randomly picking up a rock and then you hear like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. True. Like you, uh, or, you're, or you're just gliding and you look down mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, there's a ring of rocks. That's clearly yep. something. Yep. And like, I think the the thing about that is about halfway through probably less than halfway through you've gotten to the point where your inventory is big enough at this point it's more finding them and and solving the little puzzles and you're, you're still that's finding more... them by accident it's yeah exactly you still find them by accident and that's more satisfying than the the like tangible reward you get after the fact I, yeah i think I, it's I, more overstuffed with them for the charm of like i saw this random target so i shot it and then a little korok child appeared exactly exactly it's it's just Here's what it, I will say. It makes say. exploration always fun. Here's, here's what I will say. Um, the the one thing that this is the other thing I guess that I I wanted to mention and then we can move on. Yeah, is that they give you the camera, and they encourage you to go take pictures of everything. So mm-hmm. I've been religiously like this is part of the reason why I spent so much time on the back end of the game of my playing time is I'm, I'm trying to take pictures of everything, every weapon, every creature, every, like, Oh everything. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. To fill up the Come log. Come to find out. And I, I was like, you know what? 
what is the result of this? Like, what do you get? So this is the thing I did spoil myself on. Um, you get nothing for taking. You get a log. Time. You don't like. There's no actual reward, but it is a. That's what I'm saying. And you get like a bestiary that lets you kind of look over enemy behavior, and that's about it. Uh, yeah. Which you could look up online. Uh, exactly. But you've got it in game there at that point, so it's kind of. I dude, I was so pissed when I when I learned that because I was I was going like, I was freaking out because I was like, oh, I might I didn't take a picture of this boss. I didn't take a picture of this boss. I'm already gonna miss out on on this reward and I was freaking out and I was still taking all these pictures and then I go to look it up and it's like nothing like you, you get a pat on the back and say, say well done and I was like fuck this and I couldn't yeah, take, no, a, take no, the it's, pictures it's, after that it's more for the nice thing about it um, the enemy part of it not worth it uh, the nice thing about it is once you take a picture of any item you want you can then search for it on the map which makes it um, Everything refre- nice. everything refreshes between blood moons. I don't know. You didn't mention that earlier, but that's the other thing that happens during a blood moon. All enemies respawn. All items respawn. Everything essentially gets reset during a blood moon, uh, in- including those like enemy challenge shrines. You can go and refight them after a blood moon for for mm. those weapons if you want more weapons. Um, but that allows you, if you're trying to farm for a specific item that you want for whatever food you're making, or if you want to make certain uh, armor or whatever, it lets you search for it instead of having to remember exactly where it is. It just puts it on the map, which is nice. Um, yeah, that that I guess that is the one one benefit of doing that. Yes, yeah. you are right about that. But yeah, so I, yeah, I wouldn't I worry just... about the enemy side of it, but the other part's no. a nice little feature. It's nice for completionist's sake, yeah. I guess, if you're into that. So Yeah, it's an extra thing to do, but I, I right. wouldn't stress about it other than the like collectible stuff. Like take a picture right. of that, it's nice. It makes your life That's easier fair. for finding it the next time. Right, right, exactly. Okay. Well Josh, do you want to save Final Fantasy fourteen for next week? Since we're running short on time, or do you have? I mean, I'll still be about? playing it next week, so you, we can talk about it at any point. Maybe you'll next... be into the new yeah. content by then. I mean, I doubt yeah, let's it. Save it. But let's yeah. save it for next week then. Let's yeah, save it for perfect. next week. Because um, I mean, yeah, what's five hours between friends? Exactly. Like the, so the, the last only thing, thing. The only thing I'll hint is play Final Fantasy fourteen. It's 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 a good time. It's pretty good. It's pretty yeah, good. pretty pretty good. Except you can't buy it anymore, right? I think they changed that. I think it's gone back on sale. I don't know if as or not, but I assume it has because at this point the queue times are closer to. 40 people than 4,000 the way it was before. Yeah. Um, I've That's not, fair. I've not heard one way or the other, but just judging from the queue times, you can buy, you can buy Endwalker right now. Okay, good, good, good. Well, I, I don't think they ever took Endwalker off a of sale. I think it was just the full game. That oh, took base off sale. game. Yeah. yeah I like, I have no idea about that. I mean, I, yeah, like it was, I think, I think the point was to stop you from making a new account is, is what sure. they stopped. So yeah. anyway, I'd have to check. Sense. I think you can buy it now, but anyway. Yeah. Besides the last the thing we're, we're going to talk about, instead of doing uh, Patreon polls this week, I decided to do something a little bit smaller. And in line with kind of talking about the year 2022 in terms of gaming. And we are going to uh, reveal the results of the Patreon question of the week, which is was over at the Swordchomp VIP. If you're interested in that, hit, head over to patreon.com slash Swordchomp. 
and uh, you can get access to a very exclusive special VIP Instagram page where we sometimes have questions and show some behind-the-scenes stuff of um, Sword Chomp. But anyways, my question for the patrons is, what is one of your gaming predictions for 2022? Um, kind of talking about gaming trends we expect to see, so on and so forth. Uh, Tawny S. said, even with the outcry of games media, he predicts that NFTs will be a very large part of the gaming landscape this coming year. And as much as it pains me to agree with him, I think he's probably right that we're going to we're going to see companies trying to integrate this this year and it's not going to go well, but I still think that they're going to try it. We yeah. see it more and more every day and people back I don't think it'll go far in, for most I of mean, the cases because people basically bring it up, the yeah. world reacts and they back off. <laughs> Well, it's not even just that. I think he's right as far as will it happen? Yes. Because like we mentioned at some point in the past, like they're forced to by stockholders. Like, oh, there's a new there's a new scheme we can use to make money. But yep. there is no money to be made in NFTs. Period. There are three guys who have ever made money off of NFTs. The market is absolutely fucking microscopic, but we have to fucking hear about it because of Twitter. Like, no one's buying these fucking pieces of shit. It is literally just a money laundering scheme that everyone's talking about on Twitter. And, yeah. like, I, they've rolled it out. The couple games that have rolled it out so far, fucking no one's buying them. It's a complete flop. But, I assume we're going to see more of it before everyone realizes, oh, this is a scam that we can't make money off of on a large scale. Yeah, everyone, everyone who's been duped has already been duped. Like there's, Thankfully, there's not a bigger seems, market. And this isn't always the case. Thankfully, this particular scheme, it seems that 90 percent of people are like, that's fucking stupid. And like, I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I heard somebody uh, compare it on social media to like Beanie Babies, where well, that's a real where... object, so I don't think that's the same. Yeah, well, that's, that's unfair to Beanie Babies, but no, no, like I, I've seen that comparison before. <laughs> I, I think yeah. you guys are taking it too literal. It's no, 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 that's, yeah. No, I know what you're trying to say, of... I was just being a dick. <laughs> oh, okay. It's more yeah. in terms of, it was a huge explosion. Um, for maybe a few years, people made a lot of money off of that, and yeah. then people were sitting on those Beanie Babies, and now they're oh, yeah, no, no. jack shit. I played with those as a kid. And you don't know how many middle-aged white women were appalled that oh, I would take the tags off and play with them, and they're worth jack-fucking-shit now. I was right to play with them at the time, because as far as being toys, they're kind of, they, they were nice little plushies. Like, they're, they're good. Yeah. They're charming. They're fun. They were never going to be a collector's item. They were fucking everywhere. That, that precludes them from being a collector's item. That's not how collector's items work. Nothing that right. you can buy at a Hallmark store will ever be a collector's <laughs> Yeah, like, it's... You mean you mean those 20 dolphin statues that my stepmother bought aren't going to be worth anything? You could tell her I said she's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, it's, it's basically the same thing. It's, it's one of those things... Year. Well, okay. again, again, it's not fair to Beanie Babies, because, uh, like I said before, those are charming, whereas NFTs are exclusively hideous. It's, no. No, it's not fair to Beanie Babies because Beanie Babies are a physical object. Yeah, <laughs> with an inherent Goodness. value. But but as far as the 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 public response to them, it's one hundred percent that that's what it is. It's people getting suckered into believing something 
absolutely worthless is is going to be yeah. an investment have you guys in the future. Seen uh, my favorite, uh, and who knows if these are fake, but I still love them regardless. My favorite NFT bro Twitter post is a guy with one of those classic monkey NFTs as his profile picture tweeting about how he just lost all his NFTs and like got scammed out of it. And the top comment was like, Hey man, can you remove that as your profile picture since you don't own it anymore? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Probably not real, but I love it. Yeah. Regardless. But it just makes me laugh. <laughs> Gets the point across. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's Tawny's predictions and we'll see, we'll yeah. see what happens. No, I think um, he's mostly right. I th- I think I think again. Yeah, I, like I don't think any of that stuff is going to get any real traction, but like a p- tons of people are going to try it this year. He's certainly yeah. right about that. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, it's funny just really quick aside. I saw um I think it was last week actually. I was in a store and I saw Beanie Babies and I was really surprised by that. Yeah, no, they still make them. You can you can find them generally they're by the register at this point because it's more of a oh hey those still exist sort of an impulse buy um thing and and again they're still fairly charming like they're it's not a bad product it's just the craze the craze i love the way you said that they're still fairly charming like you're trying to sell them on qvc or some shit (laughs) he's trying to unload all these i've got a lot of fucking beanie babies to get (laughs) rid of beanie babies he bought 30 years ago They gotta go. He's got, he's got a crate load of those purple princess dye bears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God damn. I love how Rich is trying to implicate me on this, and he knows what that about the purple princess dye <laughs> bear. All, it's princess dye, Josh. She was the people's princess. Mm-hmm. Like, like I he mean, doesn't have four crates to unload. <laughs> right. Fuck he got them um, at a... Uh, at a uh, local garage sale, somebody it, who thought it, they were going to sell them all. It yep. was a steal. What? I stole them. <laughs> uh, oh, fucking beanie babies. Fucking beanie babies. But um, let's read the other two comments so we can get the hell out of here. I know it's really late there for you guys. Um, so JT Ruiz, our good buddy Justin, said, Great question. I predict Sony's revamped subscription service will be seen as a success at the outset. The reason why, and this kind of blew my mind, the reason why is because many of the roughly 45 million PS Plus subscribers will transfer over to the lowest tier of the new PS subscription service. Any incremental increases in subscription count to the higher tiers will be seen as a huge advancement. For Game Pass, I think Halo and other exclusives will lead to a subscriber count of roughly 25 to 27 million, though that could go back even higher, or that could go even higher if game releases are not pushed back. I did not know that 45 million people are subscribed to PS Plus. That yep. blew my mind. Yeah, no, that sounds, that's, that sounds yeah, that like about their PS4 install base, which if you buy one, you're kind of forced to buy their fucking shitty internet nonsense that should be free um oh as far as the ability to play games it should absolutely be free like i i no longer complain about playstation plus just because because they're free game thing or whatever they, but like yeah I'm, I'm fine with that system yeah like and i know it's not necessarily an inherently great value but like i really don't like it's they throw me like i play pretty a lot of the stuff they give away for 
on that. I say for free. It's not free. It's a subscription service. If yeah. you stop subscribing to it, you don't have access to that library anymore. That's the worst mm. part about it. Like, it feels like it should be something more along the lines of, like, I don't know, like, Audible or something where you get, like, okay, this thing's free, and if at any point you drop, it's like, the free stuff and you've they, already gotten is still yours. still which... keep that, like, like, that library of, like, all the main first party stuff they have now mm-hmm. like i get them taking that away when you're not subscribed. yeah yeah but like the the free game each month that should be something oh you were subscribed yeah, yeah. for this point you should still have it it's yeah, absolute nonsense that if any point that's you not drop... really a free game at that point no no exactly. that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying it's just part of that subscription service but there was only a, a small window where you could claim it to be a part of your subscription bundle forever exactly that's the part that sucks it's 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 a you've been subscribed for this long perk which well, which yeah. essentially means that any of the games that I've gotten for free eight years ago have cost me eight hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, well, you got it right. The good news is um, that they're going to have their own subscription service here pretty soon, so I'm sure that'll I, I think, alleviate yeah, some I, of the issues that you guys are mentioning right now. It's a no brainer. It makes yeah. per- and if there has even like if there's just even like a shred of the same value that Game Pass is, then great. I'm that I encourage that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's read the last comment and we can get out of here. Um our Thank good you. buddy Jay never misses an opportunity to talk about Zelda or Nintendo. He said, Zelda surprisingly doesn't get delayed and released in November twenty twenty two. Also, we get a Metroid Prime 4 trailer at E3, and they announce it's coming in 2023. Um, Did... Yeah. Is E3 canceled this year again? No, it's no, online. E- it's online again. Online again this year. So, so canceled. So, yes. Um, does anyone see E3 ever going back physical at this point? Yeah, it will. It'll be a very different thing by the time it does, but it will. And then the year after that, it'll be gone altogether. <laughs> they'll do it one more time for old time's sake and yeah they'll be like fuck that didn't work <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah i i don't know i think it's more likely at this point that breath of the wild 2 gets delayed than not and the likelihood that we get a metroid prime 4 trailer what do you guys think is the likelihood of that uh at this point uh... i feel like they kind of need to do that i as far as building on public interest it's time for it. Like, frankly, I think they could spit it out before E3, but if they want to win E3 or whatever the and they need gamer to do bros are talking about, E3 is a good time for it if they wanted to, but... And they need to do it while they're riding the high of Metro Dread success. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what I was saying. I almost expect them to do it earlier. If they, like, it could be something that comes out this spring. Like, here's, here's the trailer for the, the game that you were actually expecting before you got this thing that you all loved and... Had no idea you wanted. Um, yeah, it'd be a it'd be a good thing for a spring Nintendo Direct, just oh, hype wise. I, I again hype wise, I think the number one thing they should do is like in the spring, um, give us that trailer, announce it for November or whatever, and announce a like right now live on the digital store Metroid Prime trilogy on Switch. That'd be that'd smart. Be cool. I, yeah, yeah. I think that'd be really smart. Like you said, capitalize on the the fame of and the success of Dread. Yeah, you got to ride that high. Mm-hmm. Like you have a bunch of people who probably probably likely were previously not now interested in Metroid as a franchise. 
Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, I think that's going to wrap it up, guys. I mean, like, we didn't get to everything we wanted to, but we got to most of the stuff we wanted to get to. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. 2022. Well, yeah. Huh? Coming in strong with the fucking four hour episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's what happens sometimes. And, uh, yeah, we did a good job, I think. Really happy with, uh, <clears throat> sorry. I'm really happy with this episode. So, yeah. uh, let's get out of here while, while we're still riding that high. Well, it's of... still 2022. Yeah. <laughs> See you exactly. in 2023, boys. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, just really quickly on the back end of things, I want to say if you want more content from us, head over to sorechomp.com where you can access new merch. You can access our article section where we review games and we just got up our top 10 lists of 2021 up there and i got a review recently up of monster rancher 1 and 2 dx collection and i just got um, a review up of wolf stride and rich just got a review up of wolf stride we also have other podcasts up there such as chomping after dark chomping at the bits and evoking the sublime you can check those out you can also access our patreon from there if that's an easier method for you and uh, of course that is always the best way to support us as you get benefits from supporting us and you help us make more amazing content so check that out there and of course the last thing i will say is please like and subscribe this show and share with your friends so other people can check it out you know Anyways, uh, thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, I want to thank, say thank you to Rich for being here and Josh for being here. I was your host, Shay. Be safe out there, 2022. Hopefully, it's going to be a better year than last year. Fingers crossed. Uh, we love you guys. Take care.